0: You know, you know, it's another episode of the Gaming Memories Podcast. <coughs> oh, shit. <clears throat> I think I have the Rona. Uh, I can't get the Corona because, as you guys know, I'm a prophet, duly anointed by the gaming gods, Ami the Father, Kojumi the Son, and Karmak the Holy Ghost, appeared to me in prophetic vision, commanding me to create the one true video game podcast. In order to do so, they told me all I simply needed to do was to interview creative and interesting people about their favorite gaming memories growing up, and I have done just that again. I got another sermon coming at you with 16-bit is the Instagram handle. He is from Toronto and has a motherfucking super 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 duper duper legit video game collection. This guy has got everything and as you would expect with someone who has a giant video game collection, his knowledge about video games, uh, history, business, retro games, peripherals, add-ons, this and that, imports, exports and everything in between is very very deep. As usual, we talk a lot about JRPGs because those are my jam spoiler alert he likes final fantasy 6 or 3 for you heathen in the u.s that don't know left from right and we all around had a super fantastic time i really 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 enjoyed talking to him uh running time was a little bit long and that's because we were having a really damn good time so check him out inst- uh, on instagram 16 bit everywhere else is 16 bit that is spelled out 16 underscore bit Let me check on that. I'm correct. It is 16 underscore bit. He has, I think he said, 1,200, 1,300 total games in his collection, plus... We had a fan test of time. I'm definitely going to get more gaming collectors and retro game collectors on the podcast. They make for great podcast guests. And their Instagrams are super entertaining and 16 bits is no different. Please, please, honestly, check them out. It uh, it will blow your mind. There'll be shit on there that you didn't know you knew. You'll see it and be like, oh, yeah, I saw this in that magazine or that in this store. It will jog your memory. There's so much to the gaming history and so many consoles and rare games and rare consoles and rare peripherals and rare add-ons. Um, and we go deep, we go deep. I ask him questions about his most wanted gaming, uh, games, which, which games, which pieces of equipment, which peripherals are the most rare command, the most money, the most expensive retro gaming piece or the most expensive retro game, I should say, was not what I expected. Um, I'm not gonna spoil it. You gotta listen to it. Ha ha ha! That's called Clickbait in Podcasts. That's Podbait, bitch. Uh, but it's, it's a, it's an NES game. I'll say that. Most expensive game, according to him. And I, I Googled it and it's goddamn expensive. So I think he's telling the truth. We uh, talked about Hagane, which is a game I've been recently playing. You'll see some posts um, of some of the gaming retro clips I've been putting up. I have been playing Hagane, which is a super rare Super Nintendo game. I didn't even know it existed. I don't know how I didn't know it existed because it's fucking dope. You play as a cyborg ninja that, that kills other cyborgs. And everything cyborgs and explosions, it's like metal like mixed with sci-fi uh and ninjas it's awesome and it plays really awesome the move set i was playing it last night for for snes game there's the move sets it's like a full-on fighting game but it's like a 2 day 2d side scroller ninja gaiden type thing it's basically ninja gaiden on steroids instead of a regular ninja you're a cyborg ninja it's dope thanks to 16-bit For bringing that game up, I started playing it. It's dope. You'll be seeing some clips coming up. Uh, if you, if you have emulators, basically is the only way to play that game, unless you're super rich. If you're not against emulators, fire that game up. I highly recommend it. I'm like three levels in, and I can't wait to beat it and throw together some highlights and post it, because I think people will really, really enjoy it. As you guys know, check out 16-Bit on Instagram. Follow him everywhere else that is applicable. I will put links in the podcast description. And you also know that if you want blessings, if you want blessings from the gaming gods, you know the drill. You've got to like, share, and comment. Spread the good news of the gaming gospel. And I promise you the gaming gods will open the windows of heaven and pour out blessings in such magnitude, ye shall not have enough room to receive the blessings. I say these things in the name of Miyamoto, the Father, Kojima, the Son, and Karmak, the Holy Ghost. Amen, and enjoy the show. Ah, I'm recording. We have done it. Pushed, right on.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> we pushed through some technical limitations, and I am now communicating with you in real time. You're all the way up in Toronto, right? I am. Nice.
1: I'm Close in, you- by, just west of Toronto, but yeah. Sweet. For all intents and purposes, we'll call it Toronto.
0: I'm going to do an a, like a intro and talk like mad good shit about you and make you sound awesome. But, right. But for <laughs> uh, the people who don't know who you are, which I didn't know... I heard you on, I believe, the Regions Free Gamer
1: podcast. Were you on them? Before? Yeah, I was on them with them a couple times.
0: Yeah, I ran across you, and then, then on there, and then I saw your Instagram, and you are what I, I have like, in the video game world on Instagram, I have like, I have it in my mind split into two tiers. There's like, just say, just like memorabilia, like screenshots of what I do videos, and yeah. then there's this niche of fucking collectors like and you start and i'm like oh god this rabbit hole goes deep and you have clearly been deep down the rabbit hole you're it goes you're,
1: it, <laughs> a bit too deep
0: <laughs> it goes deep i i just started scrolling through your instagram and i was like good like this guy has stuff i didn't even know existed but he has it physical like the attachment we were just talking about jaguar and this this crazy picture for those of you who don't know the atari it's a atari right Jaguar yeah. came out in the, I'm guessing, like, 91? 93. 93? Yeah. And uh, it has, like, this crazy add-on so you can fit four controllers. It's got, like, a Sega CD-looking thing on top of it. Uh, you have, like, what what appears to to me, not knowing much about the Jaguar, like, the full
1: get-up for the Jaguar. Pretty much. There's a couple other um, super rare kind of official slash unofficial stuff that I don't have. Yeah. But it's like you gotta gotta draw the line somewhere, <laughs> or, or do you? You know,
0: <laughs> that's that, that's what I'm saying. So yeah, it's uh you, you, yeah. So that's the short story. Is you have this crazy video game collection. I heard you on Re- Regions Free. I thought you were super interesting. And the the purpose of my podcast is it's really I just I like to connect with people and let people listening sort of pretend like they're connecting with someone, meeting somebody new but through the lens of what games they liked. Because everybody, everybody has like a different, especially anyone who's deep into gaming, which you obviously are a huge fan. Everyone has some sort of like similar but different paths on how they got there based on where they were born, what year were they born, what they had access to, PCs or consoles, et cetera, et cetera. I've, I just find asking people about that endlessly entertaining. It never gets old to me.
1: Yeah, right on. Um, that's kind of why I originally joined Instagram. Um, I had a really good friend of mine who kept telling me, hey, you know, you got to get on this Instagram. There's a huge gaming community, specifically retro gaming community. And, and I'm like, ah, social media, rah, 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 you know. Yes. And then finally, I it was actually um, about six years ago when I first joined Instagram, I immediately was like, oh, man, this is what I've been missing. Because it was like, just boom, all these collectors left, right, and center. And um, for the most part, a lot of real cool, you know, down-to-earth guys who just, just like myself, want to, you know, shoot shit, talk video games.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, I've, um, I never used Instagram, really, before I started the podcast. I only started, I'm similar, like, I don't know, Instagram is what younger kids and girls use. <laughs> I, I don't know, I just... Like, I knew I had one, and I would, like, follow some homies and keep up with some friends, but I never explored Instagram until I started the podcast. I was like, well, shit, I guess I could try to use Instagram as a way to, like, connect and promote, and then I'm like, oh, yeah, there's this whole world of gaming, and I guess there's three tiers. There's, like, streaming and modern games, and then I should say, in in the retro game world, which is where I gravitated to... Yeah, you have this mm-hmm. second half or sub-niche of just collections. Have you seen the guy, I think his Instagram handle is M-E-Z-M-O-R-O-N, Mez Morin? Um, It's not ringing a bell immediately anyway. Oh, he's got a like a legit library. Yeah. It, it's like laid out, like there's shelves and sections. I mean, he must have a big house or something. Or, <laughs> where wow. It's like a full-on library you walk through. He, it gets, yeah, the rabbit hole goes deep. It goes deep.
1: Yeah. I'm impressed. And, and that just shows, you know, how deep it is, right? Like you you're mentioning someone who's obviously huge, right? Has a huge collection. And, you know, I've, I've been on the platform for six years now and it, he's not even ringing a bell.
0: It's a big community. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It, it really is. It really is. Um, So you, uh, I, you were
0: born in 83, right? 82. 82. So yeah. that's a little bit earlier than me. I always try to guess. What your first console was? People's all right. Um, you
1: probably won't, but go for it. Oh, is it? Is it? Could give me? Is it obscure? <laughs> it's kind of obscure. It's um. You're not gonna guess it.
0: <laughs> Damn it! Well, I was gonna say like either one of like maybe the Atari Twenty Six Hundred Master System or my third guess. Uh, I don't know what my third guess would be. You're a little bit early. You're a little bit uh, too early for me to guess the NES, which is right. the most common.
1: So, when when you say 2600, you're you're half right. Okay, um, it was actually a, a Coleco Gemini, which is oh! a, it's a 2600 yes. clone that no one has ever heard of except for you, apparently. By the well, sound, on, but a sound of that
0: <laughs> only because I had a guy on Brett Weiss. I don't know if you've run across him on Instagram. He covers like a lot of gaming pop culture, specifically like old school pre NES consoles. And I had him on the podcast. All right, he he went through like the some odd, like sixty some odd consoles in like a fifteen year time frame.
1: Oh yeah, there was just so many back. It's just so many. Yes, it it was ridiculous. Yeah,
0: yeah. And he just basically he mentioned the Coleco Vision, which is another Coleco console, and he also mentioned in passing. The Coleco was it? Would you say Genesis or Odyssey, whatever it was? G- Gemini. Gemini was a C He just said essentially it's a twenty six hundred.
1: It's a twenty and yeah. So the the story behind that is, um, Atari couldn't really copyright the twenty six hundred design because it was all made from just off the shelf parts. There was no like real custom chips in it. Oh, they'll, so they'll patent patentable hardware. Yeah, anyone could just slap one together and lo and behold you have a system that's not a 2600 but it's 2600 compatible
0: i mean it yeah so it is a 2600 i guess yeah
1: yeah it's not you know identical but it runs the game so good enough right yes
0: good enough um that that seems kind of like a weird move i don't know how atari got in that situation i did learn recently there's another good podcast i've just run across them they're called retro hangover and they yeah
1: i've heard i've heard of uh Okay,
0: yeah. they did an episode on the <laughs> on the Turbo Graphics, uh, mm-hmm. and they mentioned that um, the PC Engine in Japan, and when they wa- wanted to launch it in America at the time the Genesis was coming out, they essentially hired all the guys that launched the Atari. It's like the fifty-two or the fifty-six hundred. I think it's the fifty-two hundred.
1: The last it one. Been 52. It, Uh Yeah, it would have been fifty-two, or even maybe seventy-eight at that point. Seventy-eight hundred. I, th- I was think they said seven. Like I don't know. I can I get my ears mixed up there.
0: Yeah, it's one of those two. One of the two latter ones. Yeah, and, and how they uh, they just basically buried the Turbo Graphics because they just essentially it, the way they described it in the podcast that Atari the guys at Atari weren't that smart <laughs> and they like buried they burned Atari to the ground, which makes yeah me they funny. really did. Is that is that connect is that part of the reason why I'm just trying to figure out why would Atari have a just something that they couldn't patent. That seems like an oversight.
1: I, or how did they I, end up in that situation? I think at, I mean you're going so far back that they didn't probably just was an oversight. Realistically, that makes sense.
0: Yeah,
1: you know, it's um, it's the same thing kind of when uh, with with um, what's it called? Like Tengen and like uh, all those companies making unlicensed NES games. It was it was just hard to block them from doing that.
0: Yeah, okay. So that that may not have been the culprit of bad management the Atari, which did exist, but
1: oh, it it, it existed uh, big <laughs> that, time. <laughs> yes,
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, history's the teacher. That's cool. So you had yeah. you had basically this twenty six hundred clone mm-hmm. a Coleco, which a Coleco Vision is the more popular Coleco one. But again, I didn't even know what that was until that podcast. So that's a soup. You definitely out of this is episode twenty seven have the most obscure first console so far. You're the winner. You're the winner. I'm, what do I win? I nothing because no one listens to this. This is for me to have fun. Right on. Um Yeah, that is cool. Dang. So what games What was the what was the pack-in for that?
1: Uh Donkey Kong. Oh. That, yeah. Yes. So get this. Here's here's where it, it gets wacky. So the Atari 2600 version of Donkey Kong was um, obviously developed by Nintendo, but then published by Coleco. So you've got these three kind of Wait. video game titans at the time, all making this like weird menage a trois, and here's Donkey Kong coming out. It's just so, so weird. So...
0: Coleco had the publishing rights to Donkey Kong.
1: Yeah, I figured that one out. eh? How, yes, <laughs> like I'm so confused. It's like how? To... <laughs> it's, no, it's so weird. It's it's just so weird. It's like um, I don't know. Think of like if like a Sony franchise uh, like nowadays, like if if uh, Microsoft published it, it's, it doesn't make any sense.
0: Yeah, and then, but obviously they don't own the publishing rights
1: now. No, I, and I don't. It, Like, it was just so much different back then, right? It's hard hard to relate. Because I think it's in part because, you know, video games weren't taken very seriously at the time. So maybe it was just like, you know, copyright law was just like, you know, whatever for them. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it's, yeah. You know, developed by Nintendo, published by Coleco, released on an Atari console. It's like, what?
0: (laughs) That is a definite random. I'm going to use that too. I'm going to use that line. (laughs) Those, those, yeah.
1: <laughs> that's a good menage a trois was a
0: great way to uh to describe it too
1: it's all yours man
0: <laughs> <laughs> you brought up an interesting point which was something i didn't understand because video games were always a big deal to me from as early as i can remember um but i was listening to a podcast called business wars where they, they cover nintendo versus sony and sony versus they basically go from the nes all the way to almost current day in the book okay. the giants and a bunch of the business maneuvers and in that they talk about i think his name's Kaz harai i can't remember and obviously cannot pronounce it correctly either but he's the father of the playstation and he really wanted to make the playstation happen for a long time and mm-hmm. he was in sony in the r&d division but sony looked at video games as kind of like low level almost like the equivalent of white trash like it's just rinky-dink kids. Like it was looked down on a lot in the business world, and I didn't. Yeah. I didn't know that. I'm like, oh, that makes sense. And Nintendo was a was a cart, like a toy company, so that makes sense why they would be more open to like. But uh, I guess, according to this podcast, assuming they're they're right, that uh, it took a lot of a lot of internal pressure for Sony to even be open to the idea and then the whole Nintendo PlayStation fiasco and the double like yeah. all that happened later but even even aside from making sound chips for the SNES like the just getting them to be open to collaborating with Nintendo and even trying to enter the market apparently was like uh he got threatened like he, he was going to get they tried to let him go some guys tried to get him fired, and he, like, maneuvered and went to the CEO, saved his job, got transferred. Like, the whole company was like, no, 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 no. Sony is too good for video games.
1: It's just – it sounds funny saying that yes, now it's, with it's, what we know.
0: Because it's like it's, – ironically, that's the most profitable ar- bis- branch of their business.
1: Yeah, it is right now. It,
0: yeah, it's crazy. <laughs>
1: I'm I'm lost for words. Like I don't even know what else to say. I mean, you said it all right there.
0: Yeah, it's. I mean, business war. Like apparently, there's another podcast called Retro Knots, which I just that covers a lot of cool stuff with video games. But this podcast, Business Wars, they just did like a small episode on on video games, and they they cover other things. I've only listened to the video game ones, but it was it was done so well. I'm almost like shit. If no one's gonna like, they just need to make a video game only version of this podcast because. I found it, like riveting the whole time. All the, It's like, yeah, things you would never guessed. Sony used to look down at video games, the, the video game giant, initially. It's just like weird random things, like your menage a trois. It almost yeah. sounds like, it's so weird if someone wrote it as like a fictional fan history of video games, you would roll your eyes and be like, oh, whatever. This yeah. is so bad. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right, Coleco, what, what the pack in was Donkey Kong, so I'm assuming you had Donkey Kong? Yeah, for sure. And what other games stuck out for you on the Coleco Atari knockoff?
1: Oh, off the top of my head, I used to play a lot of uh Dig Dug. Mm. Um Asteroids uh like all those all those classic games. Um Moon Patrol was a big one for me when I was uh when I was a kid.
0: Moon Patrol,
1: I've never heard of that. It's um it's really cool. It's like a little side scroller where you're like a kind of like a dune buggy on the moon shooting ah, aliens, you know. Yeah. I mean, shooting aliens is pretty much like 50% <laughs> of 50% of the game's back then anyway, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a that's another good point. Why were we the, There's a lot of aliens and spaceships. That's a yeah, I don't know, but that might be what was going on culturally or maybe businessly, business-wise. I don't,
1: yeah, well, like I mean, just space and stuff like that in general at the time, I think, was pretty big. You know, like, you got to think uh, the original Star Wars trilogy, trilogy was, uh, yeah, you know, yes. massive at that time, right? So yes. anything space-related was just, you know... cash probably. Yeah. yeah, exactly. For sure, for sure. So there, there were simple types of games to make, too, right? Like, think of it. You have your character at the bottom of the screen. You move left, you shoot. You move right, you shoot. And hopefully you don't get shot, right?
0: Yeah, Tried and true formula. Dude, a tried and true formula that's still at at play today. Damn you right know. it is. <laughs> I mean, like I always joke, people people complain online about Metroidvanias and how many there are and how many indie yeah. games. And I'm like, you can make a million of those and I'll play every single one of them. <laughs> and I will never get sick of it. Like I, I I personally is, can play that formula yeah, over and over and over again. Side-scrolling platformer. I mean, that's been around, obviously, all the way, at least as far as this. Um, what did you have after the Atari uh, G- Gemini? Uh,
1: the uh, a master system.
0: <laughs> yes, that's, so that that was what I was going to guess. Is your first system was yeah, the that was like system.
1: my first system? So like, if you want to call like the uh, the Gemini like my older brother's system because like they, uh, they had a, they, it that was in the house before I was even born. So I was kind of born into a video game house, so to speak. Um. Yeah, um I got for Christmas I, I think it was Christmas 88 I got a my very own uh, Master System and, and uh, you know the games that really stand out for me on that one um I I can't say Master System without saying the Wonder Boy trilogy specifically Wonder Boy 3 uh to this day that's one of my all-time favorite games and uh if I mean if you want to talk about Metroidvanias I mean that game is a Metroidvania before the term Metroidvania existed,
0: which was also. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm assuming because I know the Master System and the NES had some overlap, but did this come out before Metroid?
1: Uh, it no. It would. It would have come out after Metroid. Okay. Maybe a couple okay. of years after. Yeah.
0: Okay. I uh, I've wondered about Wonder Boy because the uh, there was a way a way forward remake. I believe it was yes. way forward of wonder boy and people spoke very fondly of it and i watched yes. some footage but i was i totally missed the boat on wonder boy other than just knowing that there's been a remake it looks good um, i'm watching some footage right now it actually
1: it's like. that remake is absolutely phenomenal oh, no. um it, it stays it stays extremely true to the original um it's basically pixel pixel to pixel perfect and you can flip back and forth between the original graphics and modern oh, graphics, I literally with the that. push of a button. It, it, you can just push a button, and flip back and forth, and you know all the enemies, all the positions are exactly the same on on both sides. So they did a really, really good job of of sticking uh, true to the original. Um, it's a highly recommended game. It's if you if you get a digital copy, it can't be more than a few bucks. Yeah. Um,
0: I'm assuming there's multiple versions of it. Is the Master System the best version?
1: At, at the time, now here's where it gets, here's where it gets weird. So the, the Wonder Boy series, um, Sega owned the copyrights to the characters. But another company, Westone, <laughs> I believe it was Westone, believed, owned the source code. So the original Wonder Boy on Master System was called Wonder Boy. Flip over to NES and it was called Adventure Island, which everybody knows, but they probably didn't know that they're the I, same game. I did not know that. I was what like, what I meant is everybody like, knows of Adventure Island. Okay,
0: I was like everybody knows except for Sorry. my dumbass. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm,
1: not, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be like a snob like that. No,
0: no, no. Yeah, yeah I
1: get uh, it. Everybody knows of Adventure Island, but yes. nobody, not many people know that it's really just the Sega game Wonder Boy with, uh, you know, with with new clothes, so to speak. I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. that's,
0: dang, I'm going to make, I'm going to steal that and do a TikTok video on it.
1: I'll credit <laughs> you. And then um, skipping forward to Wonder Boy 3 now, once again, Sega owned the, uh, the rights to the characters Wonder Boy. And, but the developer went to uh, NEC and released, the, released Wonder Boy 3 on uh, the PC Engine slash TurboGrafx as uh, Dragon's Curse. Exactly same game. They look very similar. The Turbo Graphics version has, you know, better graphics, it's a more powerful system, but like even like down to the music, like it's it's the same game.
0: Dragon's Curse. here. Yeah, I'm I'm pulling up. Uh, I'm pulling up footage of it right now. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like the pacing. Oh, it is a hundred percent the same. Yeah. 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 Interesting. This yeah, is what I. This is what I was hoping for. This is why I stalked you. <laughs> this is I what I wanted.
1: Deep. Yeah, digging real deep right now. <laughs> yeah,
0: dang, that's cool. So you did a lot of Wonder Boy on the Master System. Um,
1: yeah, have, the there's three, three, three in the Master System. Four, four Wonder Boys on the Master System. Sorry, I, I played the first three endlessly, endlessly. and I've revisited them. You know, in my in my later years, you know, once I started collecting and, you know, picking up games again, you know.
0: On the master system, there's a game that I have tried Googling to to find and I've asked like half the podcast guests. Well,
1: <laughs> Doesn't that drive you crazy when you can see it in your head? Yeah you have no idea what it's called.
0: <laughs> it was a robot that kinda looked like Wally side scroller platformer. Oh my. It's like yeah, the, the robot had like Kind of like tank tracks, almost. Like a bottom half was like on tracks, like a tank. Kind of like Wally, and the top half was like a cutesy, you know, short circuit slash Wally type guy,
1: (laughs) Robo Rob. Yeah, all I'm thinking of is uh, the NES Robot Rob. That's all I can think of right now. (laughs) Damn it, I'll find it one day. Yeah, I know it's not ringing a
0: bell. I'm sorry. It's all right. It's all right. I I I had another one, uh, Guardian Legend, on the NES. That took oh, me. that's took me that's like a, a serious game. That's a serious game, and it <laughs> and it like tr- it is probably one of the reasons I'm into sci-fi. Just the imagery of the of the box art and a lot of like the sprite work. Mm-hmm. That that's probably I'm a huge sci-fi fan, and I I think some of those early NES games are what started me. Guardian Legends specifically started me in that direction, but I couldn't I couldn't remember it forever, and it was Retro Hangover. I actually described it to him, so it's good. Eventually, eventually, I will find out what this robot game on the Master System is, because I had his neighbor who uh, had his... All I remember is he had pit bulls, his house was scary as shit, his dogs were scary, <laughs> but, he ha- but he had a Master System. So, so once he got
1: past the dogs, you got to play Master System. Yes, what you're yes.
0: <laughs> and it was awesome. I have I have fond memories. But he had this robot game that I've Googled so many different things trying to find out what the hell was this game, but... I'll learn it. And I'll figure it out anyway. Um, after Master System, so you said you came from a video game household. Yes. Yeah. It, it sounds like the frequency from the Coleco 2600 ripoff to you getting the Master System. I'm assuming you guys got the NES as well.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. I remember one day I just, I want to say this was 89 now. I, I hadn't had the Master System for too long, maybe but only a year. And I was out with my parents, you know. You're a kid. You go. Your parents go out. They have to take you with them, right? Yep. And when we came home, my brother's sitting in the kitchen playing NES, and I'm just like, "Well, holy shit!" Because he he just went out and bought one. <laughs> what was and, he playing? Um,
0: Do you remember what he was playing? Oh, no, Mario. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah,
1: Mario one for sure. Yeah. And that's from, early.
0: You guys. I mean, that's like. You're. Were you in Toronto at this time?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. We, we always lived uh, just west
0: of Toronto. Okay, so you, I mean, that's pretty much right at launch, right? Eighty
1: nine North America. No, a, a, well, NES was launched North America. It was a, there was a limited launch in eighty five. Really? For NES, I yeah. thought it
0: was not. I didn't. I thought it was almost like eighty eight or eighty nine before it came to.
1: Once this, I'm, I'm. I think I have to double check the details, but I think. Like once it was like fully launched, it was oh, dude, like eighty seven. You're right. right. Eighty five is initial run. Yeah, you're right. I think it was you. like just like a like a very very limited small launch.
0: Okay, sweet. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah mental check. I've had that time wrong in my head for a while. <laughs>
1: it's all good. It happens to the best of us. Yes, KK, keep <laughs> going. Um, so from from then on in, it was kind of like Sega. What Sega? Um, because. You know, at, at that time, Nintendo was more than just a video game company. It was a phenomenon. Like, Mario was everywhere yes. at the time. You know, like, I, I remember in grade three having a Mario, Super Mario Brothers 2 bookmark. Like, why did I have a bookmark that was Mario? I just did, right? It, it Mario was just everywhere. Everywhere. And, um, yeah. you know, even, uh, you know, Link. Link was a very popular character to see on random merchandise. It, I mean, Nintendo did a amazing job of just just putting their product right in your face and you know as a kid that's what you wanted so you know from from then on in it was like oh, nintendo 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 and then um once again my my older brother did, did it again he uh he went to the states for a couple days with some friends and he came home while we were out this is a very similar story. I came back home with my parents, and he's sitting in his bedroom, and he's playing Super Nintendo. And I'm
0: just
1: like, <laughs> "Well, holy shit, this is amazing!" Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the uh, benefits of having an older brother, I tell you. I'm te- yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I had
0: a little bit of that. My older brothers, uh, one was a lot older than we had. Like, I always explain it. My, my family's full of like enough crisscrossing divorces; it could be a soap opera. All right. but, uh, <laughs> essentially, I had the closest brother to me in age, um, I would see like once a week because of visitation, he'd come over, I'd go over there. Gotcha. And the same thing, he had, He always had like doper shit than I did. Yeah. And uh, that's, I mean, I love him as a brother and we're really tight now. But as a kid, I was like, yeah, you're cool, but you got a super or you got a, yeah. t- or whatever, whatever ended up being. I want to I swing back to the NES just because lately i downloaded i'm just like i'm very open about this a lot of people are not cool with it but i play a lot of emulators i don't have like a physical collection i play everything on emulator um so hopefully you're not like that doesn't anger you some people get
1: weird about it are you cool with emulators (laughs) it it doesn't anger me no okay (laughs) i always play the game play the game find a way you know
0: yeah i basically had a few people kind of like Anyway, so I'm maybe I'm being too sensitive to it. But the point being <laughs> is I downloaded this, like, giant um, emulator, like, all NES games, Japan, everything. And it's also full of a bunch of weird demakes that I know were not, like, Tekken 4 on NES. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just, like, it's just full of a bunch of weird random shit. Um, and I've just been going through it in alphabetical order and just, like, trying things out. But the reason why i want to swing back to the NES is you obviously were like in the gaming family. Even on the official side, not just like the weird stuff, the official side, there are so many NES games that I never knew about. Even though I played a lot of NES, I would ride my bike down to Blockbuster and save up chore money and rent NES games. Um, I think at the time, distribution, like only the big games maybe were at your local Blockbuster. Is there any games on NES that you played that you feel like were amazing but kind of not well-known?
1: That's a stacked question. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah, I asked the hard ones. I, I, I w- I basically, I, always... I want to play it, so whatever you recommend, I'm going to go and
1: try out. I, I always come back to this one because it's so ridiculous. Um, la- it was last year. Yeah, last year I was just sitting in, in my uh, in my game room here, and I'm like, I'm going to play something random. And I walked over to the NES Shelf and I grabbed Air Fortress. And Ooh, I've never heard of that. Let's check <laughs> yeah, that. And there you go. And it's I wouldn't I wouldn't call it a great game. It's definitely <laughs> a it's definitely a good game and definitely worth popping in. Um, but it's one of those like you've probably never heard of it. The the graphics are not great. But it was developed by Hal, which and they did a lot of um they did Kirby for crap's sake. So, yeah, I yeah mean, they, they did
0: Smash Brothers 64, right? You're damn right they stories? did. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: just yeah, good call on that, for sure. So, yeah, it was one of their earlier games. Um it, it, very basic, you know, uh gameplay. The you get one stage where it's like a uh a horizontal like uh side-scrolling shooter. And then uh the next stage you're inside of the fortress and you have to like pull up the core and everything blowing up and you have to get out in time um definitely worth uh worth checking out a lot yeah, of fun I,
0: i'm watching some footage i've never heard of this and i actually i remember seeing this, there's so many games i was scrolling through the a's so many yeah and it was like air fortress like just sounded generic so
1: i didn't click on it totally and like even like if you look at the cover you're like air fortress okay yep there's an air fortress on the cover yep next <laughs> <laughs>
0: sweet um On the NES, before we move on to the Super, what game do you have the fondest memories?
1: Oh, I mean, without copping out, Mario 3.
0: That's not a... I mean, it's a cultural phenomenon. I mean, that was like... It it, it
1: was huge. It was
0: huge, but for good reason. Yeah. Yeah.
1: For damn good reason. It was a hell of a game.
0: It was a hell of a game. I remember... I could never beat it. I would get to the, the airship. Like, the only way I could even get to the end, I would employ... Off, there's no internet but somehow i found out about all the flutes and the the warping i yeah. memori- i memorized all that and i could get to the air fortress world yeah um and i i think i would make i don't even know if i ever even made it halfway through the air fortress world but i could i could never beat it but i played it oh so much and i think so, i remember thinking th- the first time you like hold down and you you fall behind like the box the layers yeah
1: the white boxes yeah
0: i was like I had never seen, like, depth or, you know what I mean, like that in a video game. I didn't even, it was like breaking the fabric of video game reality for me. It was. was, Yes.
1: It blew my mind. At the time, you know, like you said, you didn't have internet. You might be lucky enough to have a magazine subscription. Yes. Or, like, a friend that had a magazine subscription. But um, the internet was the schoolyard. And your Google search was (laughs) talking to the right kids. Yep. And you know the the day someone told you, oh, if you know if you hold down on the white blocks, you fall through them, and you're like, well, you no, know, that's not true. It's impossible. Go and try it. You go home and try, it and you're like, oh my god, I'm behind the scenery. <laughs> <laughs> you
0: know, it's so true that I said so kids won't. I mean, I don't know what it's like to be in the, a kid today, but it's almost like the. I mean, I, I do a lot of creative stuff for work, and it's like limitations are good. There's a there's, yeah. a there's a magic
1: to limitations and there's, a magic is the right word you know yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's 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 hard to it's hard to uh, to describe that feeling where you know nowadays it's a quick Google search how do I beat this okay done you know back then you could be stuck on a certain spot for for days or weeks you know
0: yes yeah and I mean obviously the schoolyard what I also miss which. Could be attributed to negative things today, like conspiracy theories that are bullshit. But when it comes to video <laughs> game, they're they're harmless. It's like the rumors and the legends and the myths. Like for example, oh,
1: that was that was so that was yeah, the best. Like, yes, like like if you enter a code in Mortal Kombat Two, they're all naked or something like that. Yes,
0: that's very <laughs> that's very close to what I was just gonna say. Um, <laughs> yeah, on uh, Killer Instinct. Killer Instinct on the Nintendo 64 like Killer Instinct Gold I believe. KI Gold, yeah. KI Gold, yeah. There was a rumor that my older brother perpetuated to me and I'm sure he heard it from somewhere else that Orchid, the girl like in the the green jumpsuit that's yep. super stacked, if you did like something <laughs> right, she would flash the camera. Yeah. Because oh you know, that's a
1: thing, right? <laughs>
0: that's a thing. And dude, <laughs> the hours I spent just playing matches with her over and over again, and just like trying different combinations. Like, because I know fighting games, they borrow moves. Like, in every fighting game, the Hadouken is going to be a move. It's going to be
1: something, yeah. It's going to be sure. something.
0: So, like, I'm just cycling through Mortal Kombat finishing combinations. Like, everything I can find in other fighting games
1: to try to unlock... Trying to see some pixelated titties. Trying to
0: see some pixelated titties. And uh, <laughs> I was never successful. I don't even know... Obviously, I, I'm pretty sure it's not real. But there's a, there's a magic to that being a part of my childhood, for sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, Okay, so did you uh you had a Sega Master System, but you didn't have a Genesis. You went straight to Super Nintendo?
1: Yeah, that's right. Um and I guess that's um you know influenced by just, you know, having a having an NES. You know, the yeah. the next logical step was to, you know, go Super Nintendo, right? Um I, I had played Genesis at, you know, friends' houses in this and that, you know, it was, I was no stranger to it. I never, I never owned one until I started collecting in my, my later years here.
0: Okay. So before we jump to super where I'm assuming you're going to have more memories, um, what do you remember from playing Genesis at friends' houses?
1: Uh, Sonic, 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 Sonic. Sonic, Sonic. Yeah, (laughs) that
0: makes sense. That makes sense. I've told this before on the podcast, I'll make it quick for uh, returning listeners, but the Genesis for me, I did have a Nintendo, same thing older brother got it for Christmas, but I got to play it and then I inherited it when like a bunch of divorce shit happened. So it's kind of mm-hmm. mine, but the Nintendo, or excuse me, the Genesis, I saved up. Like I mowed lawns, I had I had a little shoebox where I drew Genesis controllers and shit on it. I saved wow. up like $60, which was probably wasn't even half, but my parents told me if I saved up 60, I could get a Genesis. They bought me Sonic 2 for Christmas before I had enough money. So for months, I just sat and looked at the game and the pamphlet. Couldn't play it. That's fucking... That's torture. (laughs) But it also, like... (laughs) It was a great experience because I salivated over that game for months and months. I mean, it was probably not even that long. As a kid, in memory as a kid, it seems like I waited a year. It was probably like... Who knows how long it really was, but... Eventually, I saved up enough money. I gave them the shoebox. They went out and bought a Genesis. And like, I mean, low key, it's kind of cheesy, but I get, I almost get like borderline emotional when I think about like putting Sonic 2 in and booting it up because I worked so hard and waited so long. Um, I know Sonic is super standard for everyone that remembers Genesis, but god damn, that was magic. It was lightning in a bottle, that game.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, the uh, what's it called? Genesis came out in '89 in in, uh, in North America here, right? And Super Nintendo didn't come out till '91, right? So Sonic's, like specifically, is one of those things that all the Mario fans were kind of like, maybe they got something over here, yeah. you know?
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, now, so I I think this would be a good segue into Super Nintendo um i didn't get a super until much much later like okay. uh, ps1 was probably halfway through its life cycle i got okay, into,
1: wow so yeah we're, we're talking like what late 90s here
0: yeah i got into jrpgs and so i retroactively went back and bought a super to play yeah. Chrono or trigger and a bunch of stuff
1: but I mean, if you're into a jrpgs you had to have a super nintendo you did that
0: was like yeah, yeah uh, we'll, we'll get to that because I'm very, okay. I'm very opinionated when it comes to, that's my religion is JRPGs, but. All right. <laughs> uh, I would argue with kids because I was the only kid that had a Sega and I would argue with kids growing up. That, that, and that was also the magic back in the day was Sega versus Nintendo, Sonic mm-hmm. versus Mario. Um, and I will admit now in hindsight, the Super Nintendo overall is a superior system, but. I had I had a Sega so I'm curious um I want to I almost like I'm I'm kind of thinking like real time maybe we should have a mock argument I'm going to try to argue that the Sega is better and you can argue that the Nah, we won't do that cuz it would be cheesy as shit but
1: it would it really would.
0: it really would be cheesy as shit but
1: <laughs> blast processing man
0: blast processing <laughs> was a big one but I want to say like uh, so Donkey Kong Country came out like late it was like very well yeah I, it
1: was fairly late I want to say like I want to say '93 for the original. I, I could be wrong. I don't know.
0: I think you're right, it, feel, but it feels
1: it feels about right.
0: <laughs> people say Donkey Kong Country was late in the the SNES's life cycle, but there's three Donkey Kong countries.
1: <laughs> Isn't that wacky? So they know yeah, anyway. that one.
0: <laughs> um, I would always argue against Donkey Kong Country with Vector Man. Okay. Because they both had that like sort of, they use computers to render something in 3D, and then they yeah. pass, and then they, they put that into sprites. Into a sprite. Yeah, 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 yeah. They both had that same style um, comic zone on the Genesis. I uh, do, I do think has the best sprite animation of all 16-bit games to this that's day. Like, that's that's my white whale, eh?
1: For collecting, really? Com- Is it hard Com- to find? It's not easy to find, and it's it's actually. It's really hard to find in good condition, because that was one of the, the late uh, Genesis games that wasn't released in a clamshell. It was only released in a cardboard box.
0: Oh. So it's really
1: hard to find one of isn't and beat the yes. shit.
0: Yes. Um, at a
1: fair price, anyway.
0: At a fair price. Yeah, and it's also, I uh, recently, I've been playing through a lot of old games on an emulator to try to beat games I couldn't beat as a kid. Mm-hmm. And even with Save States, Comic Zone is brutal.
1: Yeah, that's what I've heard. I've I've never played it, but that's that's what I've heard. I've I've heard it's just it's just ridiculous. You only get one life, I
0: think. Yeah, it's what makes me sad about that is the game, especially later in the game, as you get like um, there's like really cool ways you 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 transition between frames of the comic book. Yeah, and there's all this love and detail and awesome animations and awesome effects. But as a kid, dude, I never made it more than three percent into the games yeah. it was too hard so i missed out i missed out on all of that and i think yeah, most sure. people did which is a kind of a bummer but yeah anyway um super nintendo was better so i want to before i ask you what your favorite is what is, want gonna ask you the same question obs- obscure favorite on the super nintendo because it also has a very big library
1: it does it really it has a big library um it's a lot of junk on the Super Nintendo, there really is, but um it, it don't get me wrong, it Super Nintendo is my favorite all time console. But okay. Man, there's some garbage games on there like <laughs> like Be- Beethoven. Who the hell's gonna play Beethoven? Beethoven. Imagine getting that for Christmas? Like, you know, the dog Beethoven? Oh the the old
0: movie. Yes. Yeah. Can you imagine imagine
1: getting that for Christmas or like oh Dennis my the Menace, like I'm gonna like get that out shit. of here. Um but anyway, going back to obscure, obscure SNES. Okay, here's one, and this is kind of weird. This is kind of what I I've dubbed a reverse hidden gem, ActRaiser. Okay. Oh, Act, ActRaiser is a game that, from my experience anyway, used to get talked used to get talked about more back in the day, and even you know when I started collecting. A few, you know, a few years ago, and now nobody talks about it. So it's like, it was a game that was kind of popular, and now is just, like, gone. It's nowhere. Nobody wants to talk about it. So, yeah. um, yes, yeah. play Razor. It's amazing. It's a awesome game.
0: I've seen some footage of it. From what I remember, it's like, it's a side-scroller and a top-down...
1: Yes, like, it's packets. a side-scroller. Um, so... There's like different uh, lands. You're, you're, you're God, basically. I'm in. Uh I'm sold already. (laughs) (laughs) And there's the whole, you know, the whole world's been taken over by evil and there's no humans left, blah, 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 blah. And there's like different lands or countries, you know, whatever you want to call it. Right. And each country you go to, you do a, a, like an action side scroller sequence to, you know, you know, kill a boss and that kind of, like, opens up the land so you can start developing it. Mm. And then, as you're developing your your country, you run into, like, another, like, a problem. Like, your people run into a problem, like, um, like a demon that's trying to influence them, or something along those lines, right? And then and then you go back to be the, uh, the side-scroller stage, and you fight more bad guys and then kill another boss. And then, you know, kind of, like, repeat that for you know a few stages right
0: i'm looking really at neat a, game. it's
1: uh totally unique I, I can't think of anything else that that's has such contrasting uh gameplay in, in one yeah
0: game. i uh i'm also a fan of like cheese like uh what's the word like exaggerated metal aesthetics like like brutal legend like jack B- like there's like Metalheads, and then there's metalheads who just like, <laughs> okay. like, you know what I mean, like dragons and sorcery and lightning
1: bolts. You, yes, you need to check out Lords of Thunder, my friend.
0: This, uh, well, I'm watching Act Razor footage of the final yeah. boss, and it's metal as shit. It's oh, awesome.
1: Yeah. <laughs> a, that final boss battle is ridiculous because it's a huge boss boss rush where you have to fight every boss, yeah, and then the final boss, basically all on all in on one shot, like one go. It's it's just yeah, this, stupid how hard it is.
0: This looks awesome. I'm gonna write I have a, a list of like uh I've been trying to just play through retro games
1: and post highlights. Um I'm gonna put this You'd probably down. be able to run through it in about uh ten hours, twelve hours, like you know, just beat the whole game, do everything. It shouldn't take you more than that.
0: Yeah, the boss rush level is like you're standing on this cliff. There's all these heads. They have crystals yeah. and you gotta go through each one and yeah. Each
1: each one of those heads represents one of the um one of the bosses from like one of the previous uh, lands that you've been to. Oh, uh, okay. And then you I have yeah, that. you get to fight them again basically. I love that.
0: I love it. There's a, a game that people uh on my in my TikTok set on the comments to try out called Metal
1: Warriors. Oh Jesus Christ. It's a mortgage payment. To get that game, it is. Yeah, it's like like a loose cart's like three hundred US man.
0: Really? Yeah. Well, I played it on emulator last night because I'm because I'm an evil emulator, <laughs> part of the dark no, side. <laughs> and uh, dude, that game. I'm also a huge fan of Mecca, Mecca, and Metal, are like <laughs> probably my two favorite things. Right on. I could not believe how like um, much I liked the animation and how tight it felt. And then, and then what I didn't know because I'm just like fucking around playing it. And you can get out of your of your mech, so it's like it's got like some blaster master elements where you can get out and you're smaller. And then one of the small little human enemies stole my mech and started, and I was like, What is happening? I started freaking out. I'm like, I'm definitely got to I definitely gotta, I don't know how long it is, but I'm definitely gonna play that game too for sure. Um,
1: yeah, that, yeah, that's. So that's a, that's what so, I've I've always wanted to pick up, but that's a collector's I, I just
0: can't. It's <laughs> a collector's. Why do you think that game in particular is so expensive?
1: It's just it's just pretty rare.
0: Hmm. So what what drives collector prices? Is it more the rarity of the game or how good the game? I'm assuming rarity, probably.
1: this a little from column A, a little from column B, right? Like a a, a rare. Good game is gonna to command top dollar, right? Like something like Hagane, like that game is rare as shit, but it's also awesome.
0: Oh, that's the Ninja Mech yeah. Ninja,
1: yes, yeah, yes. yeah, that, yeah. That's that's a hell of a game. Um, amazing control um, setup in that game. Where so you, your your SNES controller, every button does something different. So like you can just you can just rip through shit as long as you know what you're doing. It's a bit of a learning curve, but yeah, awesome, awesome game. I'm emulate it. Late. Go for it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna. That's one I I uh, watched some footage on, and I was like, okay, this is like metal and mech and ninjas. Yeah, ninjas, ninjas is another. I I also love. I keep saying I have. I, truly, everything in video games is my favorite. If I'm honest, but <laughs> I love I love ninjas too. Like, Str- I think Strider is probably my all time favorite. Character, maybe pretty close. Um, And this Hagane has a little bit of a Strider vibe to it, except you're like a cyborg ninja.
1: Yeah, yeah, that that pretty much sums it up.
0: Damn, this is awesome. What is the most expensive video game collector's item right now?
1: Oh, geez. Um, Probably a. I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is the gold uh, NWC cart, right? Or, I mean, I, I I followed an auction on eBay on one of uh, like four or five years ago, and it ended up going for over a hundred grand. What? Yeah, I think there's what? only twenty five of them.
0: Oh, there's only twenty five of them. Yeah. Okay, so because obviously the game, okay, they only okay that makes sense. Okay, there's only twenty five. When did they? Oh, there's fake ones selling on eBay.
1: Oh, the, there's fake ones up the ass, man.
0: <laughs> how how do you tell the difference between a fake one and a real one on something like
1: that? I don't know. Don't. I'm not getting in that game. I'll tell you
0: that. You're not gonna mess with it. Yeah. <laughs> Holy cow! hundred grand for a gold NWC.
1: I mean, I, probably the only way to authenticate a real one would be to open it up and look at the board. Would opening it up basically
0: know its value?
1: Yeah, like you, cuz you you we'd know if the board was was real or or tampered with or anything, right?
0: So there's really no way f- I could that makes sense. So if you're selling a fake one, how is anyone going to really know?
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean unless unless you have like you know like s- something on the label that's very specific, you know.
0: Interesting. Okay, I'm gonna take a quick pee break, and then let's do. Uh, I want to. <laughs> I want to go into your your Super Nintendo, like the games that you have the best memories with.
1: Yeah. All right. Sounds good. Okay. All right. I'm back. You here?
0: I am back as well. Nice. All right. So Super Nintendo. Um, I'm gonna guess. Let's see. Since since you were a video game household, you okay. had to, you had to have... well. The games you brought up haven't had like s haven't had like a super give me a hint, right now if you could say what genre of games you like, like type of game, what's your style, your favorite overall?
1: Um so JRPGs from that era. <gasps> oh shit, we're gonna go deep.
0: It's gonna, gonna happen. here. It's gonna get heavy, bro. <laughs> you don't understand. I mean, I maybe oh, I don't you do. understand. You don't maybe understand.
1: You do. <laughs> yes! I'm, yes, I'm older than you. You don't understand. <laughs> That's true. That's true.
0: You know what? And I'll have to admit. So I had a, I knew what JRPGs were. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm assuming because Super Nintendo. We, let's just get into it because those are, like the Super Nintendo is sort of. Maybe you disagree because you are a little bit older than me, but okay. I, I retroactively played Final Fantasy on the NES. Um, through emulators and I I, okay. I, I, I like them and I remember watching friends play Final Fantasy and toying around but I didn't understand
1: yeah. oh no if I yes. mean at the even me right like being a bit older than you Final Fantasy on NES would have been like way too complicated it's too much yeah, yeah it like, would have been because SNES came out in 91 I would have been nine years old uh, anything before that, trying to play like such a heavy RPG, I, I it, I, it, even if it wasn't too complicated, it probably just wouldn't have held my interest.
0: Yes, it was, um, and it was too complicated. and you didn't, un- I like, I didn't understand, I guess, what the point was or how the mechanics worked. I remember mm-hmm. making a party of all fighters. Yeah. And then that not working out, you get to a point where you... No, mean, yeah, that does yeah. not
1: work at all. That does not work
0: <laughs> out. In the beginning, it's like, this is awesome. I just
1: wreck everything <laughs> The problem is it takes you about 20 hours to find out that this isn't going to work. <laughs> yes. And so
0: I had a little bit of like a eh, Final Fantasy sucks. Like I got stuck. Yeah. You know, And I didn't get it. But um, Super Nintendo-wise, again, I didn't have a Super Nintendo. I had a Sega. And for some reason... Um, sorry, I'm just adjusting my levels a little bit for some reason, Fantasy star didn't like interest me at all. it didn't, didn't catch click. me didn't click at all um yeah but p s but my friend had a Super Nintendo. I didn't want to admit I started feeling like the Super Nintendo was better, especially on the later end of the life cycle of the Super Nintendo when you had super mario r p g you had Donkey Kong. Yeah. All these games had come out. I started like being a little jealous, and I remember watching my friend play Final Fantasy VI or Final Fantasy III in the U.S. and being like, "Wait a minute, okay, there might be something to this Final Fantasy thing because this looks dope." And uh, and I want to I want to actually fix this. On a, on a previous podcast with Retro Hangover, I said my first jrpg was final fantasy 7 which is totally cliche and stupid and they roasted the fuck out of me for it but um i oh, me- <laughs> 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 yes i get it i get it i get it you i've already been roasted but i knew actually that was incorrect because i also mentioned in that podcast and you might be able to help me with the timing on this i bought beyond the beyond like launch because i was waiting for the RPG, the JRPG to come on the PS1 because I knew what they were because of my friend at the Super Nintendo. And Beyond the Beyond, I'm almost a hundred percent positive came out before Final Fantasy VII, right? I think you're right. I'm almost like a hundred percent positive. So I'm going to change that. My first, my first true JRPG was not Final Fantasy VII, assholes. It was Beyond <laughs> the Beyond. Um, but on the Super Nintendo, you were ahead of the game. I'm sure you played like Chrono Trigger, Final Fantasy VI or three Final Fantasy II. Um, did you play – one that sticks out to me that's more rare was a, um, the one at the dock, Secret of Evermore. Did you ever play that?
1: Oh, yeah. I did. I did. I did. Yeah. I played that back in the day. I borrowed it from a friend. And then I played it again maybe about ten years ago.
0: Okay. So you've played it semi-recently for, – for retro gaming, semi-recently. Yeah. Um, I remember liking it a lot. I don't know, did it, did it hold up the last time you played it?
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it holds up the same way Secret of Mana does, right? It's an it's an action RPG. It's yeah. you know, obviously very different than um, a lot of the other RPGs you would have been playing at the time. I think it, I think it does. Okay.
0: Um. So I I want to just get right into the JRPG because we've already gone up. What's your favorite JRPG on
1: the Super? Final Fantasy VI.
0: Okay. And that's, that makes
1: sense. What is my I, favorite game of all time? Final Fantasy VI? And there you have it.
0: <laughs> now, I would slight... I think you can make an argument... I, I think it's fair to say that one can make an argument for Chrono Trigger.
1: Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> are you kidding me? <laughs> I mean... They're like, they're like neck and neck.
0: They are neck. Okay, I'm a, I agree. There, there was um, you know what? I want to ask you about this because I can never find. Oh, I think it's called Beyond Oasis. My brain
1: just had a flash of light. Beyond Oasis, yeah. That's I haven't the... played. I never played that one.
0: That's a like a Genesis Legend of yeah. Zelda type. I don't know why that just came in my mind. It's totally that's like an action top ten, whatever. <laughs> um, so you Final Fantasy six. What's next on your your list for Super Nintendo RPGs?
1: So yeah, obviously Final Fantasy six. <laughs> Final Fantasy VI, Chrono and Final Fantasy 4 would be like the big 3 so to speak. Yes. And then, um, you know, uh you, you're, you're Evermore and Mana, Evermore and Mana. Did you yeah. play
0: um Soul Blazer Terra Nigama, whatever the Oh
1: my god, Soul Blazer. I love Soul Blazer so much. Okay. So- that was a really early that was one of the probably one of the f- earlier games I actually played for Super Nintendo. I I I, I rented that one to death. From a local video store. Ah, uh, uh, that was a um, hell of a game.
0: When you played Final Fantasy, so did you get Final
1: Fantasy Six like right when it came out? No. Oh man, I have a story about that one. Yes. Let me back up a bit, it. actually. So, Final Fantasy Four slash Two was uh, another game I rented from a video video store, and I remember taking it home, popping it in, and playing it for like a little bit. I. I just randomly picked up some, some guy's uh, save file who was at the last save point in the game before you <laughs> fight. <laughs> yeah. And even at that, not knowing what, what in the holy hell I'm doing, I was thinking to myself, like, I can't believe there's games like this. How, what have I been missing? You know? <laughs> I've yeah. been playing video games all my life, and this has eluded me. What, what what is life? You know? it was like this like turning point of my nine year old life. You know, <laughs> um, I actually did a playthrough of Final Fantasy four slash two last year on my on my SNES, and it's just as magical as it always has been. <laughs> um, and what's your favorite part of that
0: game? Because there's some there's a there's some, there's some, no, there's some specific parts of that. I played that also retroactively. But um, there's a specific part in that game that blew my mind. I'm, I'm wondering if it stands out to you too. What?
1: There's a, there's a couple there's a couple parts there's a couple parts that I really like now. Maybe because I used to get so stuck on them as a kid. Yeah. Um, the Tower of Zot being one spot when you fight the three sisters. Yep. Oh man, that I, I could not figure out what the hell to do as a kid and like. Nowadays, like really, I was an idiot. Like this is so easy, you know. <laughs> um, going to the Tower of Babel twice, Yeah. Yes. Just spending freaking hours in that thing. Thank God yes. the music in there is good because you're the in there a long time. <laughs> yeah, that's
0: that's what I was gonna bring up. Um, yeah. Tower of Babel because I grew up in a like, as Joe Rogan calls it, the nicest cult in the planet, which is Mormons. And uh, okay. <laughs> um, Tower of Babel. We have like we have like this whole, what's the word like, almost like sci-fi Christian deep like Mormon thing. Like you'd have to be Mormon to get it, but the Tower of Babel is like a almost. It's more emphasized in, in many ways than maybe like your traditional Christian. Okay. So the Tower of Babel was like wrapped up in all this, like what would call it like, hmm, what's what's the right word? It's wrapped up in all this prestige. In my mind, as a kid, so the fact that like I got to explore the Tower of Babel, and that was part like that fit into the world. Yeah. um, It I was even playing it in hindsight. I was a little bit older at the time. Mm -hmm. It still like it made me feel like it was one of the first times I can remember feeling like I I was playing in a real different universe. Like I really had escaped to like a different world. Yeah. You know what I mean.
1: Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. That that game really just set the tone really well, yes. and I think in part, in in big part, was uh, was the music. I mean, definitely, the, the music of the Final Fantasy series is is just phenomenal. It, it, it sets the mood of every situation just perfectly.
0: Very, very true. All right, but I will admit because I'm a little bit older, my my JR like my true school in the dark magic ancient magic of JRPGs hmm. doesn't come into play really until PS1 okay um which i consider now i'm biased and a little bit older i think i think like the uh, the super nintendo was almost like the foundation the seed but then i think the JRPG thing kind of like blew up into what i consider the golden era when it come in the PS1 and then mm-hmm. it kind of went downhill i think in general um, I I tend to agree. Good. Okay, sweet. Because if if you didn't you'd be wrong. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh my whole shtick is that I speaking of like the religious thing, I always joke around on my like podcast intros and stuff, I'm sure you'll hear it, that I, I was called by the gaming gods to uh, to restore the one true gaming podcast. And I'm a prophet and my word is infallible. <laughs> it's all just me coming to terms with that I grew up in a crazy fairy Cult, but <laughs> okay, <laughs> so I always make jokes just where you know that I, that comes from. I'll probably make more jokes in the future. Um, I but I actually at the same time, jokes aside, I do think it would be really hard to make the argument that the PS1 wasn't not just not the PS1, the console, the time frame mm-hmm. would be is sort of the golden era of JRPGs,
1: yeah, yeah, I can't argue. I mean, I <sighs> I tend to kind of mishmash the uh, the whole sixteen and thirty two bit GRPG era together. together.
0: You put them together, okay? Yeah, yeah,
1: because it really was it really was a, de- a decade <clears throat> of just killer RPGs. Yes, like yeah. Obviously, they evolved. Yeah. You know, you know, with the uh, with the better better graphics, better console, right? More powerful console. The, the games evolved, but you know the core gameplay. Was still pretty much the same. That's that's
0: what I was just gonna say. I was thinking about aside from well, the core gameplay is the same, but even visually, aside from like some of the three D JRPGs, Final Fantasy seven through nine, mm. Legend of the Grune, and all that, there was also a lot of two D JRPGs on the on the PS one and Saturn that were still the same thing, like just yeah. sprites, top down. My yeah. personal. And uh, if you and I already know you're wrong cuz you said Final Fantasy 6 is the greatest game of all time <laughs> but you're wrong it's Chocobo 2 that's actually the greatest video game and JRPG of all time wrapped up but to your point that's the same thing as a super it's the same formula it's
1: yeah. sprites and that's that's what I mean right yeah yeah like, even if you took theme. like even if you took Final Fantasy 7 and made it a 2D game it really wouldn't change the gameplay yes
0: that's a good point. Maybe I should start lumping the sixteen bit and thirty two together. I kind of have always separated them. Yeah. But you really are as far as structurally, nothing's really different. It's just the the coat of paint is a little bit different.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah for sure. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Whew. <laughs> well, I don't even know. I don't even know where to start. Um, did you? I'm assuming you got a PS one after the. No.
1: I've no? never been a PlayStation guy. <gasps> yeah. Last <Black> summer. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, though, back in the PS1 era, I borrowed a friend's PS1, along with Final Fantasy 7 and Final Fantasy Tactics. Uh-oh. Guess which one I played more?
0: Dude, Tactics is the best Final Fantasy game of all time.
1: Hands well, down. well that's, that's a hell of a statement, but it's a hell of a game. Not, and not many people really appreciate it. Yes. I, think they're, I think they're just turned off by the uh, complexity of the battles. Like a battle can last like a half hour. I was gonna say twenty five minutes, yeah.
0: Basically. Yeah. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. I uh I argue with people. I get super opinionated on the on the this era. And um Fi I love Final Fantasy Seven. It's obviously like I equate it to maybe uh the Nirvana of Grunge music. <laughs> grunge music is awesome. Nirvana is awesome. But there's other grunge bands that are just as awesome, if not more awesome. But Nirvana is the reason many people, if not most people, were exposed to grunge. And so they should always be revered for that. So like, I think Final Fantasy VII should get its due because it brought
1: in... Uh, it brought uh, in a whole broader audience. Yes. Um, and it, and yes. much like Nirvana, uh, timing was a huge factor, I think, too. yes.
0: Yes. Hundred percent agree. Hundred percent, and I think that's important because I don't think we would have gotten some of the more obscure JRPGs if there wasn't a, a market to support it. And Final Fantasy yeah.
1: VII is the reason. Yeah, Final Fantasy VII, yes. you know, just this, this being this huge, you know, commercial success um, on in North America kind of opened the doors for you yeah. know everything else, right?
0: So, if you were a JRPG fan and you didn't get a PS1, what were you doing during... What were you playing during all of
1: this? Um, not much. Um, no, that's not <laughs> true. That's not true. Um, I never owned Final Fantasy VI back in the day. I never Rented owned it? Chrono Trigger yeah. either. I always had to, like, beg a friend to lend them to me. Okay. So, you know, throughout that era, I was kind of... Backtracking in that sense, you know, getting to play the games that, you know, they weren't too old. Really, they were only like maybe like you know two three years old, but I they were still new to me.
0: Yes, yes.
1: Um, but yeah, throughout that era, though, it was, it's it's going to sound familiar. It's a lot of GoldenEye, yes. Star Fox, and you know the big N sixty four titles because that's what I had at the time, right? So you
0: went from Super to N sixty four.
1: Yeah. Okay. And you, I think you actually
0: mentioned your Nintendo guy earlier on yeah. in the podcast. Yeah. So have you retroactively – because I know you love JRPGs. Mm-hmm. So many were on PS1 and Saturn. Did, had you no. gone back and played them or just missed out on them?
1: I haven't. And honestly, the reason being is just time. I, I just it's don't true. have that time anymore because – I
0: wouldn't do it now if I was you either. It,
1: it, <laughs> I wish I could. I really wish yes, I could, right? Yes. You know, I, I got a mortgage to pay. I got a, I got a kid to take care of. I, I yep. don't have that kind of time as, as I used to. Unfortunately, you know, I would love to, but, you know, nowadays it's a lot more, you know, side schoolers and, and stuff like that, where I can, can maybe knock off in like a few hours rather than yes. thirty hours. Yes,
0: I'm the same way. As much as I, as much as JRPGs are the like part of my soul, um, I don't like. I bought, for example, I. Uh, so kickstarted, supported this one called Indivisible, which was like a Valkyrie Profile clone. Okay, kind of like newer retro. Uh, the studio that made Skullgirls, I forget their name. Um, I got it day one, and it's like, okay, Valkyrie Profile is this awesome obscure JRPG on PS One. I think it's amazing. Doesn't get enough love. It's my might be my favorite battle system in a turn-based game of all time. Just the battle system in itself. And okay, this new dev basically made reskin like that that was their main inspiration and they were very open about it waited for the game i kick-started i waited like four years whatever it was before it to, for it to come out yeah i bought it and i played like six six hours five hours it Was like yeah i'm done just didn't click
1: or <laughs> i just can't do it as much as i know i can't do it yeah the funny thing is about that I'm, t- I'm gonna totally contradict myself now it just uh a few weeks ago I just finished up another playthrough of Final Fantasy Six.
0: <laughs> yes, and I I, I don't <laughs> I don't think that's a total a total total contradiction because when it comes to like the like the true like your true I don't know, like soulmates when it comes to gaming. For yeah. me for me is Symphony of the Night. Like I play Symphony of the Night yeah. every year almost. Do you? basically yeah every other year at the, like the most um i have a i have a like there's this awesome hack for the ps1 uh rom hack symphony of the night hack that adds a bunch of stuff and i'll play okay. through with that hack um, it's like an
1: expanded version kind
0: of yeah they add they rebalance things they add some new animations some new abilities and shuffle okay. things around and um, it just makes it kind of like stirs the pot, makes it a little bit more fresh. If you, play
1: that's, the game that's like, a hell of a game, man, dude, it's funny, I, the first time I played symphony of the night, I want to say it was, it was four years ago and I, I had known, known about it, but I, I uh, had a roommate at the time who he played a hell of a hell of a lot of it from his roommate way back in the day. And I'm like, okay, let's, let's, let's play this game. And uh, if you want to talk about being a dirty emulator, I, I burnt a copy. I threw, you know, blank Blast CD familiar. in my, the blank CD, in my CD drive <laughs> and I burnt the copy. <laughs> and we, uh, over, you know, a few nights, we just kind of tag teamed it back and forth. And, you know, it was a phenomenal game. And then when I finally got a legit copy a couple of years later, I'm like, okay, I'll just I'll just throw it in, make sure the CD works and everything. And then I I just played the whole game. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's so good.
0: That's because you're a true faithful servant of the Gaming <laughs> yeah. gods. Okay, I got a I I I'm like six beers deep. I got to pee again. Is that okay? <laughs> yeah, go for Wait, it, man. One second for your patience. No worries. Um. So yeah, Symphony of the Night. Did you know about the up, upside down castle before going into it? No. What What, what, I what did was not. your do you remember when you... Re- Do you have a memory when you were tag-teaming with your friend when you guys figured out there's a second half of the game?
1: Well, he he already knew, right? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's like, oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> but it's good. I'm like, I didn't want it to end, and that's good. It didn't end. Well, it did, but you know what I mean.
0: <laughs> yeah. I did, and I actually... I, had, I beat it. Well, I thought I yeah. beat it. I thought I beat it. And that same friend... That had the Super Nintendo that I mm-hmm. saw Final Fantasy. He was playing Symphony of the Night, and he had, he was in the upside down castle. I'm like, wait, what? Wait a I minute, how did you get here? He's, and he just looked at me like, what do you mean? I'm like, I already beat the game. I never saw this. He's like, hey,
1: oh, so you, you you killed Richter and you got the the bad ending, the so bad to ending. Speak. And I was yeah. just like,
0: oh, okay, because um, I thought it was. I had retroactively played a, um, some. Castlevania's on Super and Genesis. I had a mm-hmm. few, um, and so I thought, well, this is a little bit of a departure. They have like mm-hmm. an item system, leveling. The yeah. Fact, the fact that you like, oh, you killed Dracula in the beginning, and then you fight Richter. Like they're trying to, they're trying to mix up the whole, change
1: thing. it up, yeah, change
0: it up. So that's cool. They changed it up. You, you fight Richter at the end. Cool. I beat the game. Nope. And when no. I saw that, I was like, wait. And I, I was, I was also super excited. But at this time, I I had definitely started to identify as a gamer, um, getting into RPGs as well. But I th- I thought I was a real OG, and it hurt my ego very much <laughs> that I had I had re- thought I beat the game and never, and I had moved on. And here was my friend, who's who's I'm supposed to be more legit than he is, and he's playing on the upside down castle and. And I should have been the other way around. I should have discovered the upside down castle. <laughs> I was I was I was a little butt butthurt about it, but I was also so excited because I loved the game and now I have yeah. the second half of the game.
1: Oh my deployed. god, it only beat half yes. the game. <laughs> oh my god. It was it was Did amazing. you uh did you play Bloodstained?
0: Yes, I uh I I became a, a completionist later in my life. I a hundred percent Bloodstained level ninety nine, maxed out everything. <laughs> Holy crap. Yeah. Um Wow yeah i will definitely wow <laughs> yeah it's well no i didn't i should say this i didn't level up uh i didn't max out every weapon i didn't get like
1: that would be full, that would be just be ridiculous like maxing yeah, no, out no, no, every no. shard like my goodness
0: no, no 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 no. yeah i should clarify that this is true i can see why you were saying wow I'm like it's not that bad i just <laughs> maxed out my character and all the and my and my build yeah yeah um
1: dlc's due out in a couple of days hey eh?
0: Dude, they said that you were gonna have you can play as and guess who is at the one? Yeah, that's that's
1: coming that's out. Coming out in, I think on the seventh of this month.
0: Oh, I didn't even. I had given up. Honestly, I was like, it's not gonna happen.
1: Well, I I, I started that game. eh? I was I was a backer yeah. of that one. And how did you feel when it came out? How did you feel about it? You want to know why? I was fucking pissed because I got it for Switch, and it's sucks and I on didn't Switch. E- I, I didn't even put it in. I honestly, I didn't even put it in my console until they they patched it up. And then, because I was getting, I was getting emails like every uh, every month from uh, from the team, right from the development team. Yeah, and basically on release day, they sent out an apology email. I'm just like, well, this is not good. <laughs> <laughs> so finally, when they release the email that says, yeah. "Okay, here's our big patch. The switch port is like 99.9% fixed. Here you go," and I'm like, "Okay, now I can play the game." How do you and feel about I actually, the game? I actually just beat it last week. I loved it, man. I, yeah. I, I I was totally addicted to it.
0: I I have mixed feelings because it did it didn't and maybe it's like rosy retrospective bias because Symphony mm-hmm. of Night is this legend. I didn't yeah. I didn't feel like it was anywhere close to Symphony of the Night, but as soon as I started playing it, it's it stole my life away until I conquered it.
1: Yeah. So, like, I, I, I still think Symphony is the better game. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Did I enjoy Bloodstained? Absolutely.
0: Yeah, yeah. dude. I loved something about like the rhythm of those games. I would just put on a podcast because I wanted to max out, and mm-hmm. I would just grind. <laughs> I'd put on a podcast, like put the music down on the game, and just have the yeah. sound effects. That's like one of the combos I like. Turn the music off. Only turn the sound effects down a little bit, and then if you're grinding and put a podcast on. And there's something magical about just the, I don't know, like hunting for items, grinding for shards. Like, I don't know, because you don't need them. Like, you can beat the game with with only exploring like 5% as far as like the shards and the weapons go. Yeah. There's so much extra sort of just stuff. Yeah. I, I, there's, I don't know. There's something about that. Like, they just. Uh, what's his name? Ika Ikaragi is his name. The guy that the uh, Castlevania. Oh yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. He there, we'll there go, is we'll there
0: is Ika s- Ika yeah. There's there is yeah. like a certain there is a certain something he knows how to tap into for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. sixty
0: four. Um, I've been emulating some sixty four games. Did you okay. see that the Mario sixty four just got like an unofficial PC port got leaked? No. Um, I have it. If if you want the dark magic. Most of the uh <laughs> most of the download links have been taken down because of Nintendo.
1: Yeah, of course.
0: But someone basically ported the entire game natively. So it's not it's not an emulator. It's, it's not emulator.
1: It's natively running on PC. Yes, natively running <laughs> on PC, and I have People it. People have it's too s- much fucking time on their hands, man.
0: <laughs> it's probably Jesus. like someone trying to learn how to make a game or something. I don't know. Um, yeah. But it it's uh I will say that as cool as it is running on a PC, it's so brand new now that the mod world hasn't done anything. I still think the best way to play it is Project sixty four uh, n sixty four emulator allows mm. for um, texture swapping, like high res textures. Oh, okay. And there's some community texture packs. Some of them are wild and crazy and are, and just crazy for crazy sex. Yeah, yeah. But there's one I think uh, Molly Mux. Uh, uh, Molly Mux has a texture pack where he just basically tried to recreate the original textures faithful with a little bit of artistic embellishment into 4k native textures and that okay playing Mario 64 with that texture pack is still better visually than the native PC port but nice now that the native PC port is out I'm sure in like six months there's gonna be so much because Mario 64 has this huge underground like community behind it oh i know
1: yeah it's like, gonna be crazy getting every single coin in the game and yeah yes yeah all this weird stuff yeah glitching through walls to beat the game in eight minutes you know? <laughs> <laughs> yes so
0: you went straight from six uh snes to 64 yeah which, which is unfortunate because the ps1 has this deep library of jrpgs but i'll forgive you i'll forgive you the guys hey, will oof. forgive you
1: it's, it is what it is, right? But hey, you um, brought up
0: the the most obscure first console, so it's all crazy. It's, all <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's okay.
0: <laughs> on 64, though, there were some good... Did you play Quest 64?
1: I think game's terrible. <laughs> it is what a terrible. Th- what a letdown. Oh, finally, an RPG on the N64. <laughs> <laughs> and, that, and that was that. Um, yeah, it wasn't great.
0: <laughs> The other the other some other games that get talked about a lot as being crappy but I actually like them are the Castlevanias on 64.
1: Oh, you like them? I've never played I've never played either of them.
0: They're not good games. <laughs> but have you ever seen a movie called Ninja Assassin? I have not. Okay. It's a terrible movie, but it's right. <laughs> it's one of those like it's terrible in a way that to me makes it amazing. Okay, yeah. And that's how I feel about the Castlevanias.
1: Okay, yeah. They're terrible yeah. games. No, I can totally relate to that. I have a bit of a fetish for bad games. What's your favorite bad game? Well, that's the thing. Is it a bad game? So, like, <laughs> take, take Silver Surfer, for example, right? On NES. People say it's a bad game. I, I think it's a great game. It's just extremely hard.
0: I've never even heard of Silver Surfer on the NES. Silver Surfer, really? I'm, uh, My God.
1: My yeah, God. Here, I,
0: here I am chastising you for no PS1 <laughs> RPGs, but I don't know what the Silver Surfer is on the NES.
1: I'm surprised. It's, 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 that game's got a bit of a reputation.
0: Yeah, I've never, se- I've never even seen footage. I'm watching it right now. I've never even seen footage of this before.
1: It's, it, it's a bit too hard in the sense that you're a big target and you die with one hit. Yeah,
0: it's like uh it's almost like a gradius like side scroller bullet. Yeah.
1: It it yeah. actually alternates. It goes side scroller and then it goes like um it goes like horizontal and then it it alternates to vertical, is what oh, I'm okay. trying to say.
0: Why does he have so the footage I'm watching, he's like the regular super Surfer on his board, but mm-hmm. he's got like a ball under him. It's like
1: an extra shot kind of thing, you know, okay. like a double shot.
0: Is that part of like Silver? Sur- I'm not familiar with his canon in Marvel Comics. Neither am
1: I, to be honest with you. I don't know any okay. damn thing about the Silver Surfer comics <laughs> or anything. <laughs> it doesn't look too bad. It looks, it looks pretty it's, cool. It's a very frustrating game. It's got a killer soundtrack, though.
0: What's your second uh, favorite bad game?
1: Oh, maybe Die Hard on NES. Wait, there's Die Hard on the NES? Yeah. God damn. It's pretty I, rare too. It's a I, I can't believe, I don't that's one of those games I don't understand why it was rare. It's fucking diehard. You could have just printed like a million copies of it and people would have scooped, <laughs> scooped it up. Instead they made it they made it a rare game that nobody had.
0: Is it rare because they didn't print copies in the beginning that much? Or I, it not not so
1: who knows? Who knows? It was who published it? I think Acclaim published it.
0: Let me see. Holy cow, I did not know this existed either.
1: It follows the movie surprisingly well, too. Like, almost too well.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's a top-down...
1: Yeah, it's a top-down, where-the-fuck-do-I-go kind of game. (laughs) Yeah, and you just shoot bullets. Wow,
0: I didn't... I mean, like I was saying before earlier, the NES has so many
1: games. Yeah, it's it's such an expansive library. Yeah, And there's just so much... Pop culture in there, like from the time, like so many terrible movie games. Oh, let me give you, let me give you a, a very unfortunate story of my childhood. Okay, I'm so, ready. <laughs> my body's ready. So my my fa- my family and I, we went to visit some uh, some family, like some relatives in the uh, in the states, in uh, the de- Detroit area. So usually when we went to the to Detroit or or the states rather, my parents would buy would buy me a video game. Mainly because they were cheaper down there. Even after you do the conversion, dollar, blah, 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 blah. They ended up saving a few bucks. Whatever. I didn't care. I got a new game. So my my parents went out shopping. My mom's like, okay, what what, what game do you want to pick you up? I'm like, Contra. For the love of God, buy me Contra. (laughs) And mom's like, okay, Contra, eh? They go out shopping. I'm playing with my cousins, whatever. They come back. My mom goes... Yeah, I didn't like the cover of Contra. It looked too violent. I got you this game, and it was Back to the Future. And at the (laughs) time, I'm like... At the time, I was like, Oh, I love the Back to the Future movies. They're amazing. (laughs) You know, this is going to be great. (laughs) I didn't have my NES with me, because, you know, we're on a trip, right? Got home, put it in, and it's the worst game I've ever played in my life.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Of course. That game...
1: it's terrible.
0: That game is definitely. Um, I didn't play it as a kid, but I just because of the internet, I have seen, just yeah, a lot of buzz and a buzz about how terrible that game is. It's like it's so bad. It's just known. To, it's like what people talk about terrible bullshit games. Usually, it's that uh, E.T. game on the Atari that they oh. printed like a bajillion copies of. That didn't yeah, sell. Yeah, we, we had.
1: I had that. We had that one growing up. Yeah, and then I was I was like four years old and I knew it sucked.
0: Yes, that's how bad that (laughs) game sucked. Yeah, Um, and then Back to the Future on the NES is generally brought up maybe as like second, third, fourth
1: when they talk. People are just you you need to emulate it. I need to try it. Yeah, I've never. You need to just see how bad it is. (laughs) And anyway, it's bad in a unique way where it's like it, it it's. You get bored about maybe like five ten minutes in, and you are like, "Really, this is it? This is this isn't even Back to the Future? It's basically a vertical shooter disguised as Marty McFly walking down the streets of Hill Valley."
0: I just pulled up some. Um... Yeah, it's, he's like there's like a skateboarding part. It looks a little yeah. like skater die. But you, it, you of... go, t-
1: you go too fast, and you just smash into shit. <laughs>
0: huh? Yeah, I've just heard. Th- I actually never watched footage before. I just had heard it was terrible. It's bad. It's really bad. Dang. So you, yeah, Contra would have been cooler for sure.
1: <laughs> that's that's an understatement. <laughs> nah.
0: All right. So on the 64, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming some of the bigger haters are, are going. I mean, the 64 had a smaller library. Um, Very small.
1: Very what was? Small.
0: What's your What's your biggest game on the 64 for you?
1: Well, I mean, I'm going I'm gonna go with GoldenEye, right? That's um, I've
0: been playing that on emulator
1: the, last the countless countless hours that you know my friends and I played uh split screen on Goldeneye just just un- unbelievable um I-, I could even tell you n- New Year's Eve you know Y2K we played Goldeneye because <laughs> you thought the world was ending <laughs> yeah it's like we gotta we gotta get our licks in before we all die here yeah um we we my parents we had a uh, we we had which was was massive at the time a a thirty five inch TV, so split screening it, you could actually still see what the hell you were doing, so everybody always came over to my place we you know skip school or, you know whatever right, that's Um, um even on a thirty five inch screen though
0: the caveat is, um I've been playing GoldenEye on emulator and there's some hacks yeah. that help like. Give it 60 FPS and gives you modern, like, FPS controls. Right. Um Which just makes the experience better. But I I did also recently play GoldenEye natively on an actual N64 system at a mm-hmm. friend's house. And we played multiplayer. And it was not a – it was probably close. This was probably a 32-inch screen, close mm-hmm. to a 35-inch screen. Yes, there's enough screen space. But the frame rate, the game is so choppy. Oh, Totally. I'm like how th- – as a kid, I don't ever – I don't have a single memory of being confused of like what is going on
1: yeah, <laughs> or it being laggy.
0: But playing it now at a friend's house at a game night, we like – we all threw money down and like it was just kind of like we're going to play Golden and I, put money down, winner takes all. We're all just drinking and like everybody could not believe how shitty the game played natively on the on the 64. But as a kid – I don't I remember thinking it played them perfect.
1: Yeah. And um that kind of goes to why I never picked up PS1 even later on. Um oh, I'm just, I can not, see a, I'm just yeah. not a big fan of that generation uh looking back at it now. Like the graphics are ugly. The controls there was no real standardized controls for 3D games yet. So you yes. play Go My yes. Controls are like this. You play a different game, and the controls are completely different, right? Yes. Nowadays, every first-person yes. shooter is exactly the same in terms of control, right?
0: Definitely. So, that's a good yeah. point.
1: Like yeah, a Mega
0: Man, Mega Man Legends on the.
1: Oh, like a it's lot a terrible of, control! Uh,
0: yes, I love that game, but yeah, controlling the camera with the shoulder buttons—yeah, terrible. So yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. And you know, that's hey, that's a fair defense. That's a fair defense. I'll accept it. <laughs> You'll accept, accept it. <laughs> I'll accept it. But um, no. <laughs> so, 64 GoldenEye, was there... Um, did you play any PC games at all? During all this time, did you have access to a PC?
1: I did, yeah. I played, I played a lot of PC at the same time, at, like during that generation. Um, going into the t- uh, early 2000s, I actually... I skipped a generation of, of console gaming and just... Gamed exclusively on on PC at the, at that time, I was, so I went straight for my N sixty four, and then I didn't get another console until the Wii came out.
0: Okay, and what were you playing on PC during that time? What stands out to you?
1: Um, Return to Castle Wolfenstein.
0: That was a big oh, one. You the first one to bring that game up. Yeah, a hell of a game, dude. So <laughs> I had oh god, I don't even know where to start. That that game. I I didn't have a PC growing up, but I got access uh, through the luck through through the graciousness of the gods. I had access to a PC for a short period of time, and that okay. game was on the PC. And I had played Wolfenstein 3D on some friends that had like DOS computers back in the day. Yeah. And I knew the I played brand. the hell
1: out of that back yeah. in the day. I, I played a lot of Wolfenstein 3D, and then going on to doom after that
0: yes doom's another big one those were the big hitters so i never had one but friends who had computers at home had one yeah. whose dad was a programmer so he always had windows computers right but, uh, i got access to a decent computer and one the graphics at the time were amazing and return to castle wolfenstein but um the supernatural elements of like the nazis
1: yeah wasn't it just so cool like the whole yes. like the undead and then yes kind of like Making like almost like mutants. Yes. Yeah, not almost mutants, but yes, mutants. <laughs> it's
0: almost like yeah, not quite mutants because it was like it was like demon mutants.
1: Yeah, but they were tapping like into like, like, yeah, they were tapping into the occult. I think yes, is the word the cults.
0: Yes, which again for me that sort of overlaps with just like metal shit and like yeah, just for sure. like aesthetic whatever. And I did you I, did you. Go ahead. Have you played the uh, more recent Wolfenstein games at all? I played um not, there's like, I think there's two. I played the first reboot that was on PC where you, um fuck, let me open my Steam, Steam library. I'll tell you exactly which one it is.
1: <laughs> it's called The uh, the New Order probably, right?
0: I think there's one right before The New Order. Or maybe okay. that is, because they just came out with like, where you're the daughter of Blaskovich.
1: Yeah, uh, I, that one just came out last year and apparently it sucks.
0: Yeah, I have it on Games Pass. I played it like 15 minutes and stopped playing. Oh, yeah. uh, yo, no, you're right. I have Wolfenstein The New Order. That's the newest yeah. one I played through all the way.
1: I I, I, know, I didn't play that one. I played the one after that, um, The New Colossus. The New Colossus, yeah.
0: Doesn't that have like a mech, mecha section where it's like all mech or cyber pilot? There's something called c- cyber pilot, I think.
1: Yeah, you get these kind of like outfits, yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah, Wolfenstein: Return to Castle Wolfenstein. Definitely, I think the timing, the the soundtrack, the occult, all that mm-hmm. came together. And I mean, I go, I I have actually tried to go back and play that game a few times. It still ages well, but at the time for me, it was cutting edge graphics, cutting yeah. edge sound design, cutting right, edge yeah. everything. The, uh,
1: like the technology was catching up to like the imagination of the designers.
0: Yes. Yes. There was a submarine level in that game that sticks out to me. Like I'm dude there's like a submarine in a hangar and you gotta fight through okay. the hangar and you gotta get in the sub and I remember the sense of scale. Like the hangar felt like oh, an actual yes, big yes. hangar.
1: I, I do remember that that stage. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, you kinda had to be stealth about it. Yes. But the place yes. was just so goddamn huge.
0: Did and there was an element of stealth to that whole game. There were stealth yeah. sections then there would be like you know pick up the giant gatling gun and
1: yeah just ruin well even everybody. like the uh, the the most the most recent one the new colossus was uh it had had stealth elements where you had to not necessarily be stealth but kind of really plan out your uh your your attack or else you would just get demolished yes. and i think they did a really good job on that in in contrast to uh to doom whereas doom you you go in like i'm talking about the 2016 doom Yes, you go in guns blazing and you blow everything up, and that's basically it, right? It's a very frantic feeling. You're, you know, you're dodging left and right, there's bullets and demons flying left and right. Whereas Wolfenstein, if you go in guns blazing, no matter how powerful you are, you're going to get killed. Yeah, it's just so totally you kind of have to. Vibe. Yeah, yeah, and I think they did a really good job on that, taking two games that back in the day were very similar, Wolfenstein 3D and the original Doom, and kind of separating them nowadays so that you're not just playing the same game where instead of demons it's nazis.
0: That's a good point because yes in the in the old days Wolfenstein 3D and Doom were almost like they were almost like skin swaps.
1: Yeah, in, the in, gameplay was identical. Yes. You ran into a room and you were either surrounded by nazis in Wolfenstein or you were surrounded by demons in Doom, but essentially it, it was the same thing. Same
0: thing, but the yeah. newer versions, yeah, I just pl- I just uh played through Doom Eternal like a month, right like, like a three weeks ago. And yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, that that game is pure aggression. Like it rewards you by being Yeah, I can't aggressive. wait
1: to jump in on that one. Dude.
0: Oh, <laughs> nothing is. I will say this. I think Doom 2016 in a few regards is better. Okay. Like a small subset, but 85% of Doom Eternal is leaps and bounds better than Doom
1: 2016.
0: Right on. It's, it's good. I, I I hate to do this but dude I this beer is going right through me. I'm going to take one more pee break and then I okay. want to I want to do some rapid fire questions cuz I've been uh, I've been stopping around N64 um more like Xbox 360 cuz they're more recent. Yeah. Um but I want to shoot you some rapid fire questions where I'm just going to hit you with like uh, so I also want you to think about it while I'm taking a pee break. Like Okay. Best game all of time obviously Final Fantasy 6 but maybe Best soundtrack, best narrative. I'm going to just hit you with some rapid-fire questions to uh, end the podcast. I had someone give me some feedback recently that was, they liked the podcast, but they they have like a completionist mentality. And mm-hmm. sometimes when they see that the running time is three, four hours, they don't want to commit.
1: I, I can, I can uh, definitely understand that.
0: Yeah. So I've been like, okay, I'm going to try to, I can talk all day, every day about video games I'm, like, I'm gonna try to keep it to two hours so we're at 8 30 okay. that's why it's not that i i could do i'm having a blast i could talk to you all night long but i know you got a life and apparently i'm not cool enough for people to listen to me for nine hours straight so <laughs> <laughs> um I, go ahead
1: uh, i'm not either so
0: okay and i, I should have i didn't actually normally i remember to uh talk about timing and how much time and anyway, we didn't bring that up so i i I'm assuming you don't have endless time either. So, um, I wanted to ask, though, quickly to end. So, uh, we talked a little bit about 64. What is your favorite obscure game on the 64?
1: Um, I I really don't know that I have one to be honest with you. Um, hmm. yeah, I, I I can't say that I do because back in the day, I I was played the pure mainstream games. You know, Mario 64, Zelda you know, GoldenEye, Star Fox, yes. Mario Kart, you know, blah, 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 right? I, I can't really say that I dug deep into that library at the time. And nowadays, I just a, don't really care to.
0: As a collector, is there one that kind of stands out, maybe?
1: Something that's obscure on 64? Yeah. Um, Body Harvest. That game sounds interesting. Body Harvest. I, I mean, it's called Body Harvest. Like, how can you not be interested? That sounds Body Harvest. 64? four. <laughs> I, I I know very little about it, to be honest with you. It's a, a game that I ended up picking up in a in like a N64 lot. And I'm going through like the games. Oh, there's this one. There's that one. There's that one. Body Harvest. That sounds I've... a bit not Nintendo. <laughs> you know,
0: that sounds like a Marilyn Manson album name. <laughs> <laughs> Um I just looked up some some footage it for those of you listening, it looks kind of like like a vehicle combat game almost like twisted metal maybe there's or like pi- there's like an airplane, a boat um, yeah, and like you have like a guns that shoot at your car yeah it looks a lot there's a hovercraft i think it is this like this might be like a twisted metal vehicle combat- oh I guess there's a there's some footage of a guy in a suit with a gun. Third person action <laughs> Everything shooter. you're saying
1: is just generic as fuck. <laughs> I know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Except for okay, they do you know those hovercrafts back in the day? I don't remember. I had, I had this like remote control hovercraft. Yeah. Um where like they about? have like the pad on the bottom where it blows yeah. air. Yeah. Yeah. So there's there's some hovercraft vehicles which I would say is how many games have a hover that type of hovercraft in them? Not That's many. Not many. So, but it is pretty generic overall. It comes weird colors. The name Body Harvest sounds awesome, though. Yeah, it's for sure. Um, all right, rapid fire questions. What is your oh favorite soundtrack of all time on a video? Final game? Fantasy VI. Oh, okay. Favorite JRPG? We already why? Know why? 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 Because. <laughs> Because Chrono Trigger is better,
1: and I know better uh, uh, it's not better, but they're both <laughs> good. Yes, <laughs> they're neck and neck, man. They're neck they neck are, neck.
0: dude. Those two games are almost interchangeable as far as yeah. like, legendary status. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so final favorite JRPG we already talked about is going to be Final Fantasy VI. Definitely. But what's your next? Like maybe because I love JRPGs, give me your like next just next handful of JRPGs that really are special to you.
1: Yeah, I, re- I already mentioned the Holy Trinity of Final Fantasy VI, Chrono, and Final Fantasy uh, IV. Four. Yeah, uh, yeah, two slash four. Um, yeah, Tactics is up there. Tactics. I, I, honestly, I haven't played more Tactics just because of the, the, the sheer time involved. Hey, ta- I'll, like give I, you, I, I'll give I, you. I'll give you a beaten tip. It.
0: Yeah, ta- uh, maybe. I mean, this is all over the internet. You probably already know it, but in Tactics, I used to think I was genius back in the day. Because you can get experience for attacking your own party.
1: Yeah, like, yeah, I know that. And then you okay. kill them, and you're like, "Oh crap!" <laughs>
0: yeah. So I would just like grind by fighting myself and leaving one <laughs> enemy, one enemy alive. Heal myself, fight myself. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that is kind of now. That I think about it though. The time. That's true. One battle can be twenty five minutes. That game. That game is quite a commitment.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Especially definitely. if you want to get to uh, some of the more, um, like, obscure classes. Yes. Like to really like dig into them, yes. right? Like, like, like unlocking all the spells for a time mage. My God, you're going to be there for weeks. Yep.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right. Favorite narrative, favorite, like overall narrative story in a game.
1: Yeah. It's going to be Final Fantasy six again. Okay. I just love that whole game.
0: Yeah, that, I really, I mean, that, that's really the do. holy grail for you. That's my Sukodin too. It is. It yeah. is. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, and hey, no. I'm not apologetic about Sukodin 2 being the best game of all time, so <laughs> ne- neither should you be. I mean, you're wrong, but you shouldn't be apologetic. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, favorite? Okay, most wanted, regardless of price or rarity, just personally, most wanted collector item that you don't have right now.
1: Um, probably a Turbo Duo. That's the PC
0: Engine Turbo Duo?
1: Yeah, but I um... I would want the North American version. Okay, I'm going to look that
0: up. Because I know, I've seen pictures uh, of the Turbo Duo, but I don't know if I was looking at it. It's a
1: nice looking console, even by today's standards, I think. Images.
0: It does kind of look cool. So, I was, that same podcast, Retro Hangover, they're talking about the PC Engine Turbo graphics. Mm -hmm. and it wasn't there a... Before the Turbo... So are you... Do you mean the Turbo Duo when it was released as a single console or the add-on?
1: As the the combo console.
0: As the combo console. Okay, let me look that up. Because I know I've seen pictures of the add-on, but...
1: See, I have... See, I'm actually a big Turbo guy, which we never even got into. Um, But, yeah, I have a Turbo with the CD add-on. Like the two separate pieces, almost like a Sega Genesis and Sega CD.
0: Yes.
1: So... um, but, yeah, the Turbo Duo was released very late in the console's life. And it's it, it's it's both systems in one, basically. It's like yes. it's one year. It's a nice-looking piece of hardware.
0: Yeah, I think I found it. Yeah, it looks – um, it does look really good. I like – what's the uh, – so I'm looking at a picture of it, and you have the two sides. But on the left-hand side where it looks like it's the non-disc uh, portion of the okay. console, yeah. there's, there's like a weird cutaway, like a contr- – Next to the controller part, like a piece that pops out
1: oh that's that's where the uh that's where the cards go
0: oh so what's this the back half where there's that's just where the that's where the guts are i'm assuming oh okay yeah. that makes yeah. sense yeah 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 for those of you who not i mean everyone's listening it's like a yeah like a sega c d it's like a side by side a disk drive and a console kind of ma- exactly yeah. it's yeah. your it's
1: it's got your your ROM cartridge and your disk drive side by side in one in one unit rather than having the add-on that you slap onto it how much do those go for right now in uh good working condition f- uh, about four to five hundred us
0: dang how many did how many were manufactured do you know not many not many because i many, i do many. remember that podcast they were saying essentially i mean the the pc engine in the, the turbo graphics in the u.s didn't sell well in the first place not at all
1: yeah and, and all I,
0: the add-ons did worse yeah.
1: Well, logically, right? Yeah, It's like, why the hell did they re- even release a Jaguar CD? This console didn't sell. Who the hell is going to buy this stupid CD add on? <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, I... Uh, did you play much of the, the 32X or the Sega CD?
1: No. Um, back in the day, I only knew one person who had a Sega CD, and he didn't really have that many games for it. Um, I mean, I, I, have, I have them all now. But even yeah. at that, I really don't don't play much of of them. There's just not much on the thirty two X two play. There's not that's a that's worthwhile.
0: Yeah. I remember, and, I,
1: yeah. And on the Sega CD, there's a lot of great JRPGs on the Sega CD. But then, going going back to the whole time factor, right?
0: Yes. Yeah. How many? So for those of I, sh- I'm, I'm gonna I'll put this in the intro as well, so people know how legit as shit you are. How many? What's the total count of all like your video game like how many items, and games and peripherals do you have together? Do you know?
1: I'm I'm closing in on about 1200 games. Woo! Right now, consoles 2 three, 4 5
0: 6 7 8 9, nine
1: 12, 13, 14 Damn. 15. <laughs> I like literally turned around and counted. <laughs> now do yeah, you have, have like um... 15 consoles, 16? Yeah, 16. Okay. Not including, like, add-ons, so.
0: Do you have them all set up to work?
1: Yeah. Damn. That's next They're level. all set up. I have, like, this crazy um, array of, like, switchers and um, a bunch of cords that look like a uh, plate of spaghetti, but, uh, yeah, they all work. Like, I can... Pop on any console at a moment's notice, no problem. I was
0: going to ask, so you basically have to have because so many of some of them would have been RF, some of them would be composite. Some yeah. of them you got to like go through a bunch of adapters and then switching input signals.
1: Yeah, well, I have everything on on uh, on at least composite at the at the bare minimum. Okay, I can't deal, can't deal with RF nowadays. It's 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 just looks it looks like shit.
0: <laughs> so, what do you out of all those games and out of all those consoles? when you just have, like, life dies down and you have some free time, what, mm-hmm. what do you most often play?
1: Oh, boy. Well, for the year of 2019, I didn't play much else besides Dead Cells.
0: <laughs> that game is awesome. But <laughs> is it ever, man? It's a new game, but yeah, but that game is yeah. awesome as shit.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a hell of a game. Um, but in, in terms of, like, something older... I don't even know. I'll just kind of There's been times where I've literally closed my eyes and stuck my finger on a game and just kind of pulled out whatever I landed on and played it.
0: How do you like what what's your thought process on deciding what you want to collect next? Like are you trying to get complete sets of certain things?
1: Complete sets are just ridiculous because <laughs> you eventually run into the rare titles, right? Um yes. mo- most recently I've been trying to get an almost complete TurboGrafx set. I'm at 124 out of 138. Yeah.
0: So you're close. Um,
1: yeah, yeah, everything else is everything else is just too expensive now though. Like we're talking like in the $500 plus range. Cuz it's so
0: rare. Yeah. And
1: it's yeah, it's it's just, it's not happening. What's it's the rarest
0: happening. What's the rarest turbo Graphics game?
1: Um, it's magical chase, Turbo. Um, it's a it's like a side scroller, uh, like shoot 'em up, horizontal. Really good game. I've I've played a, a fake copy of it, like a repro. Really really fun game. But yeah, like loose loose copies can go for like you know two grand.
0: It looks kind of cool. It's like a cutesy little like wizard.
1: Yeah, it's like a cute 'em up.
0: Yeah, it actually looks pretty. So I know the Turbo graphics. Like sort of straddled in between Master System and Genesis, like as far as power goes.
1: Yeah, kind of.
0: Yeah, this looks like not quite like a full sixteen bit game, but it's definitely better looking than a than an NES you, game.
1: There's yeah, um, you'd be surprised at some of the graphics that that, that console can put out. Like like uh, Rondo of Blood, for example. You know yeah. that that game looks fucking great. Turbo like guy. when you're considering the uh, the hardware that it's running on, like holy smokes, like it's a great looking game.
0: Let me uh, check some footage out. Oh, dude, that looks. Now that looks like, dude, that looks almost as good as
1: Symphony of the Night. It's it. Holy well, shit! Not many people know, but Symphony of the Night was the direct sequel to Rondo of Blood.
0: I just can't believe this is on a Turbo graphics.
1: Yeah. You're playing, you're, you're playing wow. as Richter. You're playing yeah. as Richter Belmont in that game. And then you go on and you beat Dracula. You know what? The beginning of, uh, of Symphony of the Night when you fight Dracula. That's the end of Rondo. Yeah. Yes. What is a man?
0: <laughs> I knew that. I, I knew that. I just was expecting sort of like a much more of a visual downgrade. Like in colors. No, it's,
1: it's a really nice looking game considering the hardware that it's running on.
0: Wow! Yeah, that looks really good. Dang. Um, Favorite video game single video game character. Ooh. Well, that's interesting. I don't know. You got to kill one of your babies. You got to kill some babies
1: and pick one. It's Cain Highwind. Okay, it's Cain Highwind. Final Fantasy Four.
0: Hey, at least it wasn't. <laughs> at least it wasn't Final Fantasy Six character.
1: Yeah, <laughs> okay. I, I know I switched it up, but no, I, Kane is just—he's just, he's just yeah. so badass. I don't he's, know.
0: He's my favorite character
1: in that game, easily. Yeah, easily. He fucking betrays you twice. So, whose idea was it to let Kane hold the crystal? I want to know. That's <laughs> actually is a kid. Now that I'm thinking about it. That's a good point. It never, it never really you went through all this bullshit. Yeah, that's you know true. to get that crystal. And he, <laughs> we like <Kane> Cain hold it, cat <laughs> <God>, bastard. <laughs> that that's
0: making me want to play that again. That's um, a great great game. The, man. the class changes was a big deal for me when that when you get like your upgrades, whatever.
1: Well, when you get and when when Cecil becomes a paladin, oh, yes, man.
0: yes. And when Kane what does he transform into?
1: I can't. He's always a dragoon.
0: Does he not have a second class? Negative, negative. Um, does, does, is Cecil the only one that transforms? I thought more yeah. of them transformed.
1: Cecil, um, no, Cecil transforms from a Dark Knight to a Paladin. Aside from that, I mean, uh, Rydia grows up, right? When she goes to the land of monsters, and she comes back as an adult.
0: Yes, and she's a, a much yes. more
1: powerful version of herself. Yeah. that's about it.
0: I think I'm, I might be conf- I might be m- intermixing. What's there's another? Which one is it? It's I'm thinking Final Fantasy. Final Fantasy Two is where you go to the moon at the end, right? Or that's forward. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got the right. I might be I might be conflating some of the class changes with another with another.
1: Final, Final Fantasy change. Three like the original on NES or Famicom, whatever? That game and Final Fantasy Five, those ones are class based, where like you have like 20 classes by the end of the game and you know you're flipping back and forth between classes that
0: might be cuz i got um final fantasy anthology on the ps1 which has the mm.
1: that yeah. has i'm pretty sure that has 5 in it right
0: yes it's got it's got the uh, japanese 4 and 5 i believe yeah yeah 5
1: is a hell of a game man
0: i played through both of them but i'm on my memory is like i'm trying to I'm, yeah they're definitely getting mixed up but cecil becoming a paladin that's what i was thinking of but yeah. for some reason i thought like your whole party got class changes At the same time, um, um, yeah, I'm wrong on that. Hmm. All right. What is? (laughs) Let me think, because I know you you try to think deep. What is your what? What's your favorite IP?
1: Oh wow. Oh man, I don't know. I never really thought it. I just I love video games.
0: (laughs) I know these are supposed to be hard. You're supposed to like. You're supposed to have to kill some babies and pick one.
1: Favorite? Intellectual property. Ah. I don't know. What's yours? <laughs>
0: hmm. Ah, I, was, I was actually just thinking, like, if he asked me that, what would I say? I'm, hmm. I don't know what I would say. I would say... Man, the spans the entire... I mean, very few IPs span from like early childhood all the way till now. Mm-hmm. Other than maybe some of your big JRPGs or, or like your Nintendo first party, your Marios.
1: Yeah. And your Mario like it's part. it's hard. You don't want to cop out and just say, you know, the Mario universe. Because I love the Mario universe, you know? Like, I've spent so much of my childhood and adult life playing Mario games, not just alone, but with friends, right? Yes, but I don't. I don't know uh, Mario. Uh, it's, you know, it's kind of a cop out.
0: I think. Well, I would say, uh, like you keep going back to Final Fantasy VI. I go back to Sui Coden the universe just because, at the time, I felt because the games didn't like pit, they didn't culminate in like the end of the end of reality in this like giant over the top thing. Each game okay. was contained in, like, that country, and you were aware of other countries. So it made the world feel much bigger and real. Interesting. Because the whole game would take place in, like, a like one particular country, but they would bring in characters, and they would infer and imply. And then another game would come out in the series, and it would be during a similar time frame on the other side of the world, and there would be, like, a little bit of overlap or something along those lines. Yeah, so, gotcha it made it made the universe feel real like the, the at scale because like i don't know what's going i don't have any idea what's going on in indonesia for example like yeah. there could there could be a full jrpg playing out in indonesia and i'd have no idea hmm. but we're living in the same universe like the same world um as far as like ip that that'd be like my favorite well that's not my favorite world now, but retro. It's Again, this, it's meant to be a hard question, so now I'm stumbling on my own question. That'd be like... Yeah. A, that'd be a, a retro world. So like, maybe existing IP... Oh... I might... Ooh... I'd probably say Zone of the Enders. Wow, okay. Which is Kojima's, like, side mech, mecha project that didn't get a ton of love because metal gear is huge and metal gear is cool yeah. but yeah zone, zone of the enders um has some concepts i i like a lot of anime i think an i have a love hate relationship with anime there's so much about anime that i barely tolerate but <laughs> uh a lot of the action scenes are cool and i think con- conceptually like the lore in a lot of anime ideas is really cool i just don't love the way a lot of it's executed um that's how I feel about Zone of the Enders. There's a lot I don't like about Zone of the Enders, but as far as like a universe, I think a lot of cool video games could be made in. Um I think that's a really cool universe. Overall though, number one IP like the best one. Ooh. I mean it might uh, I would say Final Fantasy, but I feel like the ball has been dropped pretty hard in yeah. a times. I mean, pretty hard.
1: Did you play Final Fantasy Thirteen?
0: Uh, I bought it. So, if you want to get me angry, fucking Christ! Uh, <laughs> I bought Final <laughs> Fantasy Thirteen launch. I walked into FYE. I did too. I, I bought, bought it, on,
1: it launch. on launch day.
0: Yes, I bought it launch day. I was stoked as shit, and I might have made it forty-five minutes. And I could. Oh, just, really?
1: Uh,
0: I, maybe like I, maybe like two hours or three. Maybe it was longer, but it was you know pretty what, man? quick. I hated it.
1: I I not only beat Final Fantasy Thirteen. Oh no, I beat I beat the shit out of it. I did pretty much everything there was to do. There was only like one or two like really, really, really ridiculously hard side quests yes. where like you had to kill like some 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 stupid hard demon that I I didn't do. Like the equivalent of like
0: ruby and emerald weapon or something. Yeah, 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 ex- yeah.
1: Ex- exactly. There was just only like a couple of one of those that I didn't do. I remember, I remember, and I remember exactly where I was in that game, where I had this epiphany. Just thinking, this is a game that I would never ever want to play again. <laughs> and, and, when you're like maybe a third of the way, not even through a game, and you think that, it, it's not a good it's feeling, not a good sign. It's not but good I still, sign. I just, I just kept going. All you do is just hit the A button. That's all you do. You yes. don't attack. You, you tell your characters. Uh, you you should do this and they're like okay maybe i'll do that maybe not (laughs) yeah i think
0: i think for me like i i started realizing i mean there wasn't a bunch of bad press about 13 there was some like preliminary reviews and things i had been following i mean the 13 announcement um trailer the the footage like had me pumped as shit
1: it yeah, looked, sure. it, looked,
0: it looked amazing and I thought Lightning yeah. looked cool as shit I thought she was like a female cooler version of Cloud but then when I actually played it I don't know if like that might have also I had already I, I gotta be fair because some people love 13 and it's like mm-hmm. almost having this weird like cult resurgent of people defending it because it's yeah. been shit on for so long Um. now people are and I get it it's probably not as bad it's been shit on forever but
1: no For it me, is it's it as bad. I, okay. I, I went through the whole thing. it's bad
0: <laughs> it, it seemed pretty bad. like I also couldn't handle that dude with the fro and the chocobo on his hair. It was
1: you know much. what that was the biggest problem with thirteen. You couldn't really relate to any of the characters. yes, or even worse than that, you didn't really like any of the characters. no they t- like they're all just like well, lightning was, seemed cool. She lightning seemed was cool eh. she was cool, but she was fairly shallow.
0: Okay. I like, there wasn't a whole yeah. there wasn't a
1: whole lot of character development for any of them really throughout the whole game. But like, yeah, you had the dude with the fur with guns. Okay, yeah, whatever. Um, then you had this other dude named name uh, Snow, and he was just He's like the
0: pretty boy with blonde hair. The, yeah. yeah,
1: the pretty boy with blonde hair. Like everyone was just so cliche.
0: Yeah, it was rough. I did buy. I think there's thirteen two and thirteen three or returns. There is, yeah.
1: And apparently they got better, but like, who cares? <laughs> I bought
0: one of them <laughs> on a Steam sale where the premise is like lightning is God, and she's huh. like she's like in heaven, and there's like there's God is like this computer terminal. I don't the, the I don't understand the lore of that game. <laughs> that at just all.
1: sounds terrible. I'm yes. not gonna lie. <laughs>
0: Like I don't understand the lore. I just bought it because it was like four bucks on Steam. Fuck it, let's buy it. Let's see what happens. Um, I started playing it, and I don't understand the lore. Yeah, but you're like it's almost like Valkyrie Profile, which I do like, where you're a god and you're trying to like prepare for the end of the world. And really? I don't know. I don't know how that fits into the whole Final Fantasy 13 universe. I agree that that game. I don't. I. I'm impressed that you made it all the way through the game, because I, I didn't make it far before... How do
1: you have a Final Fantasy game, or any RPG for that matter, that doesn't have an overworld? Exactly! Exactly! And when you finally do get to un-overworld, you're like three-quarters of the way through the game and you don't even give a shit.
0: Yes. like This is the part where you grind, and it's it's supposed to be fun.
1: Oh, yeah. I,
0: Final Fantasy X, to be fair, Final F- I mean... Ten and twelve didn't have like a world map per se. Okay, but they did have like some big areas. It wasn't it wasn't a hallway
1: simulator. I I never played ten, and I can't play ten just because I can't stand the look of it. Well, dude, I look at I I look at the characters, and I'm just like, I hate all of you. You're all a bunch of fucking fucking
0: hate. I have argued with like the retro hangovers on. I've had multiple guests that love ten yeah it, it's all it's all in good fun, but yeah we've been pretty hard like i there's the only person in ten that's even semi redeemable redeemable is Orin, the guy in the red jacket that drinks with the big okay. sword he's cool it for it. he's cool <laughs> the other like whatever nine or ten characters there are, yeah they can all i mean they, they just they can sit on it and spin for all I care, like Titus. I remember buying. I also bought that game at launch at Toys R Us because Final yeah. Fantasy. You have to. You have to buy yeah. it at launch. And I get it. And I had I had seen stuff in ve- in magazines coming up. I didn't love it, but it's Final Fantasy. It's the first one on PS2. I'm mm-hmm. gonna get it. And Titus, I was like, why am I playing as basically Ellen DeGeneres in in overalls? <laughs> oh, like, wow. What the fuck? Like you're supposed to play as someone dope. Like Cloud was dope. Squaw was moody, but he was still cool. Zidane in Nine was like this cool yeah, theme. Zidane was cool. <laughs> he was cool. Now I'm playing as Meg Ryan
1: And overall, How? Oh, <laughs> like, what is say, what is happening? Can, can I say something that's going to end your podcast? Sure. I think Cloud Strife is one of the worst
0: <gasps> video
1: game protagonists <gasps> in the history of video games. Oh, the, the gods are angered. The gods oh, are God. angered.
0: He's not... The gods are, I, the guys are sleeping. <laughs> he's not. I wouldn't say he's amazing. Um, okay. Well, you you got to expound on that. Like, I don't think he's the best by any stretch of the means. Because obviously, I think Sui Coden Two is the best. You know, as far as RPG goes, I can mm-hmm. argue a lot of non-RPG games that I think he's are better protagonists than Cloud. Okay. But I don't think he's. I don't think he's as bad as. What you're so, I guess, give me your reasoning
1: why you think he's so terrible. He's a paranoid schizophrenic that hates himself so much that he has to pretend he's someone else, and his friends don't care about him enough to tell him that no, dude, you weren't in soldier,
0: so he's just a normal person. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, sure. <laughs> He's a millennial. <laughs> <laughs> He's a millennial. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's a fair I, I, point.
0: That the friend's I, I, not telling him.
1: Yeah, Nan He's Heinz... like, Oh yeah, when I was a soldier, and there, and the dialogue is basically just like the his the, friends dot 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 dot. Dude, tell him he wasn't there. <laughs> I mean, that's Tifa.
0: Yeah, I've. I haven't played the. Re- I started the remake, and I'm like four hours in. I just, I yeah, I, I just got into other retro games. I haven't been playing it, but I wondered how they were going to handle that because in the original game, yeah, I I remember thinking in hindsight after I had learned everything, <clears> and done all the the cutscenes, like why didn't Tifa say anything? Yeah, like she knew he was full of shit. Like she yeah. rec- she recruited him to be part of Avalanche to do the first mission. Yeah. And he said he was a soldier first class, but sh- he wasn't. Yeah. And she should know that he wasn't.
1: And can I say another thing about... See, I, I talk a lot of shit about Final Fantasy 7, and I really don't think it's a bad game. It's obviously not a bad game. It's obviously a very good game. Um, another thing I don't like about 7 is I, I don't think Sephiroth is a particularly good villain either. Oh, I don't know about that. I don't know. About uh, that. There's just I, he seems uh, he seems a bit hollow to me.
0: Um, i will, okay. I'll agree in the sense of if you
1: and I'll, and I'll you say should. the hollowness could be mi- like you know mystery and yeah, I I can buy that for sure. But I'm eh, like you don't even see him for like ninety percent of the game. But that's see. That's the point. That's actually yeah. I know. Of, I get it. I get it. I get it. Just it mine. just never it just never really clicked with me. I guess Yeah, I get it. And the other but thing I'll, is, and I'll back it up to Kefka. Like, dude, Kefka was in your face for that whole fucking game, and right that's from exactly the get go, what
0: they did for Seven. So people complaining about Seven remake, myself included. Sephiroth okay. shows up in the very beginning. All right, like as an, in a vision. Yeah, people have been referencing Kefka as an example of like why that's better. Because they wanted they so the the producers of remake wanted Sephiroth to feel like Jaws, like he's always there, okay, and he's always like gonna could come in and fuck you up. And And I can dig that. They they wanted to move him to more towards Kefka. Now the counter argument would be Sephiroth in the original game, you just hear about him, you see him, like you see you see the consequences, Mm -hmm. but without seeing him. And I get
1: it, you know, it's 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 building up the mystery, and I I can totally I. I can totally understand it, but I just it doesn't click with me. I don't know what else to say.
0: But Kefka, so I actually thought that about Kefka until I listened to the Retro Hangover podcast they went over Final Fantasy VII and the remake. And mm-hmm. Chris, the one of the co-hosts there, is like a big JRPG nerd. And I had the same thought about Kefka. Like, Kefka is just your typical – he's crazy. He's like the Joker. He's just fucking crazy. That's yeah. it. There's nothing fleshed out about him. But Chris made a good point. If you, if you know the lore really well and the extended lore and the extended universe and all the, mm-hmm. excuse me, supplemental stuff, they, they, they really actually flesh out why, how Kefka became crazy. Yeah. And it's cool. Yeah. I, I missed that as a kid. And I think I will agree with you. Final Fantasy VII, the original game, without Crisis Core and without Advent Children, um, Sephiroth isn't fleshed out. See yeah. when you say Seth Roth is hollow, I'm like, well, I know it. Yeah, maybe hollow is the wrong word, and, and yeah, uh,
1: that on that. But you know where I'm. Uh, you know where I'm trying to come from.
0: Well, that's what I'm trying to say. I think you're right. If you had just played the original game and that's it, and you weren't a full on nerd, and, and that like, is
1: all I've played from seven.
0: Yes, then he would seem. I agree. I'm like, actually, I could see that he would be because all the things that make me know about Sephiroth like that really actually all came from crisis it Came kind of afterwards that came from Advent Children that came from the extended like this booklet and that booklet and that interview yeah that wasn't in the original game he was he made maybe he, a vague to the vague to a fault I yeah. can agree with that yeah
1: and like like Kefka like he evolves as a character just as much as anyone that's in your party through for that whole game right like, the first time you encounter Kefka, you're like, who's this fucking Joker? Like, he's like a two-bit, like, nobody for the Empire. Yeah, and then, you know, like, like as, you keep, yeah. as you keep encountering him throughout the game, he gets more and more powerful until he overthrows the Empire at the uh, at the end of the world, right? See, that's another thing why I like Kefka. You know, Sephiroth tried to destroy the world, but Kefka actually did.
0: <laughs> yes, and I agree. That's one, of, that's one of the, like, most genius parts about Six or Three is that yeah. like, the good guys don't really win. I mean, you kind of... They kinda, really don't. Get, <laughs> they don't. Yeah, they like they get
1: revenge,
0: I guess. Yeah. But they don't stop the end of the world.
1: That's a good way of putting it. It's like, they, they the good guys don't win. They eventually get revenge, but the world's still fucked. <laughs>
0: yes. If you're a, if you're an average person, life is not better post-Kefka. And it no, never gets it's better. like, okay,
1: yeah, thanks, guys, you killed him. Uh, yeah, uh, if my life, life still, still sucks. Dying, life still <laughs> sucks.
0: <laughs> All right, uh, favorites. What gaming, if any, moment made you the most emotional?
1: Uh, <laughs> probably the opera scene in Final Fantasy VI.
0: That's a good one. That's
1: a fairy That's just so good. It's good for so many reasons, right? You know, the whole lead up to like, oh, who's Maria? This is like myst- mysterious Maria, right? And then like, oh, who's Setzer? You know, Setzer's trying to kidnap Maria. And then, you know, Celeste stands in for Maria. And then they have the whole story of the actual opera, right? The East versus the West. Um, you know, the hero Draco is killed and Maria is forced to marry uh, Prince Rolf, right? that's the story in the opera. Whereas on the outside of the opera, they're trying to lure Setzer into thinking that Celeste is Maria. So all this stuff is happening. And then all of a sudden fucking Ultros pops up out of nowhere. And yes. he's trying to drop a 16 ton anvil on top of everything. <laughs> that whole scene is just so good. Cause in, in the background, the orchestra still playing. I can just imagine the amount of ROM space that that one opera scene took up on of that cartridge. It's gotta be a, Massively disproportional amount.
0: It has to. Be, yeah, that's a good point because not only did they have the opera, but they also had like so much scripted events and dialogue. So much scripted events, yeah. but
1: just the music. There's so much music in such a small part of of the game that you never hear again in the game. And then, yeah. you know, you're going through... And, and what yes. One part that really cracks me up is when you're going after Ultros, because he's going to drop the anvil on, on Celeste's head. You're, you're making your way to Ultros, and you're just fighting rats the whole way. There's And they keep poisoning you, but just rats after rats after rats. And when you finally get to Ultros and you catch him, what does he say? He says, rats. And fucking that makes me laugh every time. <laughs> and then, you know, you all fall into stage from above. You half the actors are crushed because you all fall on them. Locke, you know, pops up and he's like, oh, I, Locke, the premier adventurer of the world will save the damsel. And what does Ultros do? He fucking goes along with it. What kind of, like, oh, so good. Just brilliant really writing. Good. Brilliant writing. And then, you know, you do the big battle on the stage where you have to fight Ultros. Good stuff. Just so good. Yeah. Just It's just, uh, I'm getting goosebumps just just thinking about it. It's just, it's just like, 15 minutes of, of, of that game, that's just a huge pinnacle as far as I'm concerned. It would be
0: interesting to hear if you – I mean, obviously, it, there would be a language barrier probably if you could talk to the devs about that scene. Yeah. Because um, I agree. Like they probably had to allocate uh, – I mean, we talked about way earlier in the podcast limitations and the magical limitations. Yeah. And in those games, they had to really decide like, hey, we, this cartridge only holds this much memory.
1: Yeah. Like
0: we have to make some decisions
1: and and that's one reason that game was actually really expensive when it uh, when it was new. Um the Canadian dollar at the time was, was relatively weak compared to the American dollar. So I remember that game here in Canada being one twenty nine ninety nine. Oh my god. For just, just, just that for inflation nowadays you're over two hundred bucks. Holy that's shit just for just for one game. Now in the states, it was still an expensive game. I, I want to say in the states it was ninety bucks new. Now, it, st- it's not I cheap, not man. That's, that. and, and that's and that's all basically because of the um, of the ROM memory that game took up a, a lot more, a lot yeah. more memory just to exist than say your average side schooler, right? So yeah, the uh, the opera scene stands out to me, and then at the end of the game, the the fight with uh, the final fight with uh, with Kafka. Um, that the music there, there is about ten minutes worth of music that once again has to take up just a an enormous uh, portion of uh, of the of the ROM chip. Sorry, I'm going on a tangent here. I'm sorry. No,
0: that's good. <laughs> you brought up one good point. I think where I can I can resonate with you as far as like in the opera scene, you hear a bunch of music in that 15 minute span that you don't hear in the rest of the game, but it's yeah. important. The reason one of the reasons why I like Sui Koden 2 so much is not only the music but they have a bunch of sprite animations mm-hmm. for for story scenes that are like you never see those animations again because gotcha. they, they're animated for a certain scene where like so and so is upset at this person or this this event happens and they hand animate like because a lot of times in those in JRPGs they would have like you know, like a handful of set emotions. The eyes would get big for surprise. Yeah, you, yeah. You'll, you know, and they had these rudimentary things. Whereas Sui Koden, like, they just animated these, like, these narrative scenes. And you, yeah. those animations are never used in the game ever again for right at whatever. And that made it, like, that made things just kind of, like, fleshed out. Just still, obviously, it's still highly limited. This is an old game it's 2D it's old school like the resolution is still really low it's still yeah. very limited but it uh it uh, it gave a sense of realism it's like the same way i would say one of the magical things i think about naughty dog games uncharted and last of us is the same thing like i'll be walking through an environment in uncharted 4 or last of us and be like there is so much Detail like shoved yeah. into this room that no one's going to notice. I'm just going to walk yes, through the room. That, I'm going I'm to pick up items. Yes, yes. That that makes a difference. That's what makes things feel. I don't know, real. I guess you could say.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, what did you have? You know, when you were playing those old like 2D games and even like early 3D games, a lot of the experience was imagination, right? It's and those are the things yes. that helped you know fire your imagination.
0: But uh, the flip side of that, to contradict myself, I think one of the issues with modern gaming is when you have to fill in the creative gaps yourself, the way you fill it in your mind is almost always going to be cooler to you personally than if the artists and the engineers and the programmers had full ability to express their vision. Yeah, Because because it's going to be your own taste influencing the way you fill the gaps. The way I imagined Cloud Strife... Through those blocky characters is different than the way you imagined him. Yeah, and I imagined him in the way that I thought was the dopest
1: way possible. So, okay, so, going back to Cloud, can I just say I know I know I'm negative on Final Fantasy and, Seven. <laughs> and I'm sorry, but he he looks really dumb in the remake. Really? Like, I'm sorry. Like, if you go back to when Final Fantasy Seven was originally released. This remake, Cloud Strife, would be so fucking sick. Like, over-the-top awesome. Please marry my daughter. Uh, just totally awesome. But, like, I think nowadays in 2020, it's 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 kind of passe.
0: I agree. So, I will say this. I had mixed feelings. So, I, again, I'm only, like, 10 hours into the remake. And, I've yeah. honestly, I've lost interest. I don't know. I'll probably beat it at some point. Um, and, and 7 is a big game in my childhood. But... Sure. So I even have the nostalgia of things sort of pushing me and I still lost interest, but I I can agree with you. So that first scene um, where like it pulls out a Midgar and the logo, the logo Final Fantasy seven logo pulls up and the theme, I got really, I got really emotional. I was like, Oh my God, they fucking nailed it. Like I'm getting goosebumps. But then right after it zooms in, the train pulls up, cloud jumps off. And I almost had the exact same thought to what you just barely described. Like, this is the perfect cloud for, t- like, two th- like 2001, yeah. whenever it came out. Like, Fast well, forward. Seven. But I don't well, think seven. that's cool anymore. Like, that whole anime look and spiky, like, I'm not into it. It doesn't... Yeah. It's not cool. Like, if cloud really was this elite soldier or make-pretend soldier, why was he wearing these giant baggy pants? Like fucking jinkos, and why are these boot like? Where's this tag? Like, I agree. Like, I had this. I had sort of like a, a contradictory emotion. One, the old school version was brought to life in a way that was true to the original version. Yeah, but two, Which like that look, that look is outdated.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, and like yeah, with 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 the old school original blocky cloud, you, yeah, your your imagination filled in the gaps, right?
0: Yes, yes. Definitely, and I would say that the way they portrayed him in the remake is pretty close to what I was imagining the gaps at the time. I was, as a kid at the time, yeah. but I was also twelve I'm not twelve <laughs> anymore <laughs> like, yeah, fair like, I don't think the shit that was cool when I was twelve is exactly the same so i, I honestly I can agree with you, and i don't i Final Fantasy seven is big for me, but i I also agree like i don't it's sort of like the nirvana i don't I think 8's better. People shit on me all the time about liking 8 more, personally. Um, I hate 10. I love 12. People hate 12. So I don't really care. You can talk shit on Final Fantasy 7. I know a lot
1: of people who really like 12, actually. Yeah, I do. I love it, too. Even if uh, the whole game is just running around in circles. But that's that's what I like about it. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I like about it. (laughs) Yeah,
0: sixty four <laughs> i uh the zodiac age remaster adds like a few quality of life and convenience things okay um so you can fast forward you can um skip like that g i will say twelve did this stupid thing where you had to get like a separate experience point to unlock just the ability to equip weapons and then you also had to buy weapons and craft them, so mm-hmm. it just added all this like all these needless barriers to
1: just there's almost there's almost too many layers,
0: yes. And so in the, in the Zodiac Age remaster, you can disable all those, like, arbitrary layers. And you can just get gold, buy a weapon, and equip it. And you're done.
1: Yeah, fair um, enough.
0: It makes it – so I'm a little jaded because I've been playing the Zodiac Age remaster. Uh, I've, been wanting, I've been trying to get to a point – so there's a point in the game where there's a certain enemy that spawns enemies. And if you set up your gambit system, basically like your AI for your character yeah. correctly – you can kill the enemies that this enemy spawns without killing the enemy that spawns them, over and over and over again. It's called Neglimer, and you okay. can get the game in a loop that will basically just play until everyone's level ninety nine.
1: It's like a, oh, okay.
0: it's like a trick, and I, I've yeah. been, but you can't get it to like three fourths of the game. And I want to make a video about it, but I have to get to that to get there again. Yeah. yeah. So I've been playing it again, and with the Zodiac Age Remaster, it's not like it's more enjoyable i can fast forward i can skip a bunch of stuff anyway i gotta pee again and we're running (laughs) up we're like we're already over two hours yeah it's Um, kind of
1: ridiculous but it's all good it's all good dude
0: it's it's because we love video games so it's genuine what where can people find you and obviously i'll put links in all the podcast description but i know on instagram you show off your your stuff 16 bit on instagram is it at 16 underscore bit right That's,
1: that's right yeah
0: and then twitter facebook anything else you want to
1: let oh, me know yeah, just just instagram man
0: sweet just instagram yeah. if you want to find some deep cuts like i said like we've been mentioned before you're at, you're at 1200 games you have cons- like you, you, it's good shit like you're i think you're one of th- i mean i don't want to talk shit on other collectors cuz there's so many that i obviously have not been exposed to all of them but uh yours is one of them for whatever reason the page came up i started stocking it it's a good page, man. It's a, Thanks. I think you do a really good job. And I'm, I, I know, obviously, before we talked and now that after we talked, I know your collection is not going to get any smaller. No, definitely not. <laughs> it's definitely not going to get any smaller. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, I Maybe, would love to... I would might love need a to, bigger house.
0: <laughs> yes, that's the issue. I would love to have you... So, Chris from Retro Hangover brought up an idea of doing like a JRPG-themed podcast. Where we just talk about JRPGs like from the beginning to the end and argue about wow. it and talk shit on each other. Um I've been trying to find someone else. So I'm going to keep you in mind for that because
1: Yeah, I I I would definitely be down for that. Yes. Um you know the the Super Nintendo era that's kind of my specialty, yes. so to speak. I, I yeah, I'd be down I would I, love
0: to, I would love to have someone, yeah, cuz I I'm less I know the PS1 era really well. You could be the Super 1 era. I don't know anyone... Because like, basically PS2 and beyond, I fell off the JRPG fan. I don't... I haven't yes. picked up. Yeah, same here. Someone.
1: Yeah, that era was like, ooh, pick up, gun, shoot guy, dead.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I tried a few basically. of them. I tried Xenogear. I love Xenosaga or Gears on ps1 i tried xeno saga on ps2 all of them i just same thing like 10 20 anyway i gotta pee really bad i'm gonna uh (laughs) 16 bit on instagram check him out i'll put all the podcast leaps links in the description support him the gaming gods will bless you i promise you as their prophets they will open the windows of heaven and send down so many blessings you shall not have enough room to receive him 16 bit he's the shit uh thanks for having you on i appreciate again i reach out to a lot of people to ask them and most people don't even respond so i not only am i grateful that you responded but you actually hopped on the podcast and i legitimately had a very fun time the more i drink means i'm having more fun and i'm one two three four five six i'm seven beers deep which means i had a lot of fun
1: I, i really appreciate you having me um yeah, I just, you know, I like I like to talk video games. So even even you know on Instagram, people, you know, drop me a random uh you know, message. I I try to make time for anybody who makes time for me.
0: Yeah, so hit him up if you have any questions about retro gaming, any questions about anything you see on his page. Like I had questions about the Atari Jaguar. Hit him up, he'll make